What's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Guys, look, I'm not going to, I can't lie to you. A second ago, I tried to talk into this microphone. I've been trying to talk into this microphone for a while. But a second ago, I just, I started the show. And I'm not kidding. I talked like four seconds. And I belched a belch that would change the course of history. I don't know what, it came flying out of me in in a way where I think I might have to apologize to God. I, I don't know what the hell just happened. Now, granted, God, look, I am only as God made me, if you believe in that sort of thing. So whatever plumbing I've got or whatever issues I have or whatever belch came flying out of me like a ninja weapon, uh, that can be attributed to Jesus himself. That's his fault, really. Yeah, it's a design flaw. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to take any responsibility for that at all. Let's go back to the factory. I'm going to pull my tag, which I'm not supposed to. It says right on there, do not remove tag under penalty of law, but I'm going to pull it. And I'm going to go ahead and try to turn myself in for parts. It's over. I'm scrapping me. After what just happened a second ago, I can't even... I think my microphone may have melted. If you hear any weird noises, you're sizzling. There, I may have internally fractured some things here at the old uh, at the old homestead. Uh, that was bad. And now, now I feel like it's caught, there's one caught in my throat again. I don't know. I've done nothing. And I'm, I, I look, I apologize because I know there's a lot of noise, mouth noises with this show. You'll hear me, my fucking, there's spit in my mouth. But you know what? They're spitting life, baby. I go Burt Reynolds. That's how I do it. Burt Reynolds was like, hey, man, there's shadows in life, baby. In Boogie Nights. Well, they're spitting life, baby. That's how it works. Uh, so when I try to you and you hear like some lip smacking goodness, just, you know, consider consider this. Think think of that you're just not only are you getting a podcast out of it, but you're sitting across from me at a delicious fried chicken lunch. Uh, and I'm eating and I'm smacking lips and there's grease and crunchiness and bits are flying all over the place. Now, look. I don't want to paint the picture that I eat fried chicken like a crazy fucking psychopath. Uh, but how do you control yourself around fried chicken? How do you look? How do you stare a plate of karagi in the face and not say, you know what? I'm going to fuck that up. Uh, and then, of course, it's just fucking batter flying everywhere like shrapnel. I've seen lesser men than than I get taken down by a fucking hunk of thigh meat to the eye. It's terrible. Oh, my God. Somebody gets laid out. The colonel himself will have to come out and heimlich you if you if you get uh, batter shrapneled. <laughs> Why would he have to Heimlich you? You know what? Because that's, that's the mistake he makes. That's his fault. He's a fucking wackadoo. That guy has no idea what's going on. And let's face it, every time you go to KFC, don't you think to yourself, I bet lurking just behind that door is the colonel waiting to get behind me and squeeze me. Oh, my God. Because, look, I'm eminently squeezable. There's no doubt about it. Everybody out there is thinking to themselves, God, I want to squeeze that guy. But none more so than the colonel who's just waiting for it to happen to me. I don't know why. I chose the colonel just because of his identifiable face. But I haven't been to a KFC in years. It's got to be fucking years because in L.A. they've had this this fucking surge of of hot chicken joints and all these chicken places. There's kicking chicken not far from my house. There's uh, Dave's hot chicken. Uh, and then just every and then every Japanese fried chicken place or karagi fucking joints. Oh, my God. It's so fucking crispy and good. I uh, said so the, the colonel gets short shrift, if I may. Uh, they just opened a Cane's by my house when I'm like, holy fuck. Cause I'm, and look, I've never been to Cane's. There's places I've never been that I'm like, I want to go to this place. Like Cane's. I've heard a lot about it. We got a chick. Oh, Chick-fil-A's are all over the place around here too now. And look, yes, they love Christ. And that's fine because they make a good ass chicken sandwich. That's the way I'm going to be from now on. If you want to violate people's rights and believe in the Lord and all that stuff and keep people down. Go ahead and make a good chicken sandwich. You're going to fucking talk me out of fucking hating you. And just for a second. I will, all right, let's put it this way. 
I am an ally to the LGBTQ community and surrounding peoples. And uh, anybody who thinks that it's dumb that they close on Sunday and they love Jesus and stuff, I am your ally and I'm absolutely right there in your hip pocket. But I will tell you this, uh, if if I decide to go there and I eat the sandwich, I, I must say that uh, I, everybody's like, if you eat there, you agree with their agenda. Well, that's not true. I don't really agree with their agenda. I agree with their agenda maybe for the six minutes it takes me to fucking house their sandwich. How about that? Now, it's not like I, I, I look, I, I come at you in bite with, <laughs> with bite size hate. How about that? Uh, I don't tell them that. And you guys know I'm an ally. You know you love me. Unless you view it as an act of aggression that I'm eating a fucking Chick-fil-A sandwich. But God damn it, the sauce is so good. Isn't the sauce good? Brace yourselves. The sauce is in supermarkets now. And that's that's not even... And I know, like, Mike, you're a foodie or whatever the fuck. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, you're like, God damn it, I love garbage and glop. And uh, and and that Chick-fil-A sauce is in my fridge. And I've put it on, I've put it on meat sandwiches. Uh, the other day I got a salad and I almost put it on the fucking salad. I went, no, now you're an animal. You can't fucking do that. Uh, now you're just a fucking monster at that point. Now you're hideous. Now you got to hide in the shadows. If you're putting Chick-fil-A sauce on a salad, a salad instead of dressing, hide in the shadows, please. That you, and, and take what you deserve. That's exactly it. Don't, don't pretend that you're like a guy who's like, hey, look at me. I'm a erudite and classy. But then I hide in the shadows and I eat salad with my fingers coated in fucking Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, my Christ. Chick-fil-A sauce. The first time I went to Chick-fil-A, because, again, we didn't have it out here. And everything, anything that opens that's new, everybody's like, ooh, ah, ooh. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. And uh, I, I, I really liked the chicken sandwich. It was, it was, I thought it was decent. You know, because at the time there weren't a lot of chicken sandwiches around town. Now they've been surpassed by like artisanal fucking chicken sandwiches. Everybody makes their own chicken sandwich now and it's fucking amazing. You know what makes an underrated chicken sandwich? Shake Shack. Shake Shack makes a really good chicken sandwich. It's underrated. There used to be a place called Fuku Bird around here that was really fucking good. Uh, but regardless, it's not like, believe me, we're not lacking chicken. There's Gus's Fried Chicken in Burbank, which I like. Harold's Fried Chicken in Hollywood. Uh, and if you're asking, no, I haven't ridden my bike. <laughs> Hey, Mike, it's a lot of fried chicken talk. You been on that bike? No, well, I, I certainly I rode it to the fried chicken house uh, with my little dog in a basket staring at me. Uh, so we're late putting this episode out. Oh, wait, you know, I was going to say Cane's and then we have Chick-fil-A here. But there's a, a, another chicken house that just opened that I well, it didn't just open. There's only two of them here as far as I know. But there's none by me. This one I have to make a trip for. Uh, you ever eat at Jollibee? Or Jollibee, their menus fucking bananas. Like I want to go there just because it's like they and and I mean it. Like they, I think they literally serve something in a banana leaf. So that's why it's bananas. It's craziness. Uh, they but also Jollibee has like we had, hey we sell chicken and spaghetti. Like it's fucking weird. And I have respect for anybody like that. You know what I mean? If McDonald's introduces some bullshit, like when I was in Japan though, McDonald's sold corn. And I'm like, oh, see, that's what you got to be doing. That's what McDonald's is missing is a starchy vegetable. But then you get to America and never, never in your mind, you just go, man, I wish McDonald's had corn. It's the thing you don't know you need until you see it. And that's how Jollibee is. Jollibee, you're like, hey man, you know what? I'm going to get myself a burger. You walk in and they're like, ah, burgers are great. How about some spaghetti? And you're like, God damn, that's exactly what I want. Holy fuck. Uh, and I say to you this, uh, if only someone would combine burgers and spaghetti, we, we now we're fucking talking. You ever get a pizza burger eh, under uh, overrated? I should say overrated the pizza burger. But I will tell you this. I ate at a place. I don't even know the fucking name of it. Pat and I went to a concert. Was it the mammoth show? It might've been mammoth. We saw Eddie Van Halen's son, uh, Wolf 
and his band Mammoth, and they were fucking shredded. Uh, it was a, it was an awesome double bill uh, for like modern rock or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Wolf and his band Mammoth were on the bill, and then. Uh, a band called Dirty Honey were on the bill. And I'd heard a lot about Dirty Honey. And Dirty Honey was closing the show, which I said to Pat, I go, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I guess they had more albums or whatever, but at the same fucking time, um, Wolf's from L.A. Like, why the fuck is he opening? And I understand paying his dues, doing the thing he needs to do on the road. And he has great respect for Dirty Honey, and he was happy to let them fucking close the show, and that was great. And he went up first. Hold on, drinking some uh, spaghetti water. And uh, oh, drinking the pasta water. Save the pasta water. By the way, don't dump your fucking. Do me a favor, don't dump your don't dump your noodles out all the way. You got to save some of that pasta water. You got to reserve it, uh, because then when you put the sauce and you put a little bit of the pasta water in there, it just it's just you know it's just glorious. Use the pasta water, and use your Parmesan rinds. This is the stuff I've learned from watching Jada De Laurentiis every single day on Instagram. Uh, as I keep waiting for a bikini, just post yourself in a bikini, Jada. I mean, look, I know about the Parm rinds. I've learned about them constantly. Yes, save the pasta water. I understand. Save the pasta water. You know what's more interesting to me? If you wear a thin white t-shirt with no bra and somebody dumps the pasta water all over you. She's a look, and I respect her as a chef. She's a terrific chef. She's she's cooking it all, getting it done. She's got she literally has three different rows of teeth, and that's not even a joke. She if you look at her smile, if she she can unhinge your jaw and she's got three rows of teeth. And all of them perfectly manicured and beautiful. God damn, Jada is uh uh, an obsession. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm obsessed. I can't stop. I, I Look, I follow her on Instagram and I follow her channel, The Jodzi on Instagram, where she tells me to buy a truffle. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I'll watch you tell me about truffles all goddamn day. But then uh, and I think I, I think I've talked about this on the show. Goddamn it. I forget what I've talked about. But she she put out a video of her like her nighttime. She's like, this is what I do at night before I go to sleep. And it was how she brushed her teeth and she moistened her face and all that stuff. And uh she puts the toothbrush in her mouth and she like, but she put her tongue out of her mouth to meet it. I don't even know how to explain it to you guys. You're going to be here like, man, you are a freak. Yes. There's clearly, I have, I am a freak because, uh, she goes, here's how I brush my teeth. And she like, but she closes her eyes and, and it, look, it happens super fast. Only I, in my slow motion bullshit, when I watched her like Phoebe Cates from fucking fast times, did I think, my God, is that sexy? Because she put her toothbrush, she opened her mouth with her fucking three rows of teeth, her beautiful fucking mouth. And she put her toothbrush uh, up to her and she put her tongue out to meet her toothbrush and, and with her eyes closed. So then she's just like, now her eyes are closed and her mouth is open with her tongue out and she's putting something in her mouth. And you're like, I don't care. Toothbrush chicken leg cock. I don't care. All of them work at this fucking point because in my brain, they could be any of them. Could be any of them. Uh, plate of spaghetti. She could have been to Jolie B. Closes her mouth, tongue out. Let's go. Do this. Jada. Jada. J- Jotty B. Oh, you know where I go? Jada B. Instead of Jolie B, I go to Jada B and make her ever make me some pasta. It's another cute thing about her. She always says, uh, she speaks, that's when her Italian comes out is when she says pastas. Orchette. Spaghetti. <laughs> God damn it. I need to get fucking laid. All right. Uh, I need to do something. I need to fucking work on my life and get a presence in here with somebody I can fucking put my head on their shoulder and hold them and tell them I love them. Jesus Christ. I'm staring at a woman and thinking she's cute because she's orquete. Oh, look at her sensuously put her tongue out of her mouth and she brushes her teeth. God damn. Stop watching sit in slow motion, buddy. All right. Uh, but Jolie B is the thing I heard about. They got spaghetti on the, me- on the menu, which again makes me laugh. I don't know if it comes in like... Does it come in like a chow mein container? Does it come on a platter? Like, can you get it to go? I wouldn't want Jolie B spaghetti to go. 
Although I, I tell you what, I would name my restaurant Spaghetti to Go. What if you named your restaurant Spaghetti to Go? Never serve spaghetti. People come in and you're just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if it has to be Ed DeBevix where you're fucking cutting people's ties off and shit. But at the same time, uh, is that the one that everybody's mad? Ed DeBevix? Is that the one? I, we've talked about that many times. The restaurants where people are shitty to you and everybody's like, this is great. And I'm like, no, no, the world's shitty enough. I don't need to have somebody yell at me about my choice of fucking jello. You know what I mean? I got, I got nobody fucking screaming at me and cut my tie off and telling me I'm a jerk. And I, no, fuck. It's like the wiener circle in Chicago. Food's great. Uh, but they built their whole reputation on treating you like cunts. And I'm like, man, oh man, I don't think I could fucking handle it. No offense. I just, I just came here for a fucking Italian sausage. I don't need you to fucking tell me I'm a Goomba lover and fucking slap me in the face with cold fries or whatever the fuck. I, I just, that's, I would want to fight everybody at Wiener Circle, even though I know that's the gimmick. I know that's what you're supposed to do. Um, who went there? Conan? I think Conan went. One of the late night hosts went when they were in Chicago. And, you know, it's funny. It, it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't Letterman. I don't think it was Letterman because Letterman would just be like, this is because Letterman. I will say this. I watched the other day a Taco Bell one where he worked the Taco Bell drive through. And uh, it's re- it's really funny to me. But at the same time, if I was in the car, I'd want to fucking murder him. Because, look, man, I just want my fucking lunch. I don't need to have you dicking around with me. Like, some dude orders, and he says, he goes, welcome to Taco Bell. What do you want, tacos? He says that to the guy. The guy's like, I need two Taco Supremes and a Chalupa Supreme and, and then two regular tacos. And Letterman goes, let me ask you something. Could you order more food? <laughs> and and if I was the guy in the truck, I'd be like, fuck off, man. I just, Again, I have an hour for lunch. I don't need to be sparring with the fucking the best guy who to come ever, ever to come out of Ball State. You know what I mean? I don't need to fight with just shades to get my goddamn lunch. Uh, but at the time, again, like I said, I'm screaming at it. But now that I'm an old man, I'm like, man, this isn't funny seeing it from this side. It's hilarious then. Uh, I've never been a prank guy anyway. You know me, I don't like fucking pranks or any of that bullshit. That's why I can't like, you know, all this dumb shit on YouTube and people that's, that's cause that's again, that's the lowest common denominator besides reviewing movies and food, which I do all the fucking time. Uh, okay. Look, man, I don't want to bury you in verbiage. So let's, let's do this. I'm late and I apologize. I, this was supposed to be out last week. Uh, so full disclosure, I'll tell you this real quick. Uh, the show you're here, you're about to hear, uh, from our great friend, Lily Von Stupp and I, and me, uh, cause Lily was kind enough to join me. We actually recorded this last week. So it was recorded, I think on the, f- the, the first of November, first to the second. And so if, if you hear a lot of, uh, what's going to happen in the election talk and Halloween talk, it's because this was taped just after uh, Halloween and just in a, what, a week before the election. But, but I will, again, I will peel back the, the, the skull cap here and let you see inside my brain. I, uh, we had technical difficulties when we were recording the show so much so that what I'm going to do here, there's the show's going to be, there's going to be a chunk of show and then there's going to be a break. And I, I'm, I'll probably come back and say something then. I don't think I'll just throw commercials in cause that just seems weird. Uh, but we, I was having trouble with my cord recording the previous week show. I thought sounded fucking weird. <sighs> and, and, and you're so, you're so patient and you're so kind. Uh, nobody said anything really. Uh, but I had, again, I, my friend, Aya reached out, uh, did I cover this? I may have, I don't even know, but we were having technical difficulties and it turned out, uh, we tried to, she and I tried to record and then she kept getting dropped and then I kept getting dropped. And I finally, uh, 
I lost my fucking mind. And I was like, I can't, I can't fucking do this. I can't do this. But again, with Lily, I have kind of a finite window as far as a recording time. So she's like, you got to calm down, you know, take a breath. We'll figure this out. And we, I had to go and get a bunch of different cords and plug them into my microphone and see what worked and what didn't. Um, and finally, I think I sound better now than I did. Um, so then we wound up just jumping in and doing the show again. And, uh, but here, here's how my brain works. I was mad at that show. Like we put out, you know, Lily was great in it. It was really good. And, uh, the recording was great, but then I was, I was, I wanted to scrap it. I was like, I'm so mad because there's this technical flaw, this mistake where I'm gonna have to put together two different things. If it doesn't flow freely, I get angry at it. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's look, it's an anxiety thing. It's, uh, it's, it's 8 million different things a therapist could tell you about, but it's the complete failure in the, in the pursuit of perfection. If that makes any sense, where if it's not completely perfect, I don't want to fucking do it. Nah, this sounds like shit. This is fucking terrible. I want to fucking scrap it. Like, I mean, and it's, it's ugly and wrong and a thing I need to keep working on and will, but, uh, but I'll, I'm just telling you now that th- this is, you know, subject matter. You'll hear it. It's a little. And because, again, I was just going to record a new show. And then I, I told Lily I didn't put this one out. She's like, why didn't you put it out? And then it felt like to me, you know, why am I asking her to share her time with me if I don't put a fucking show out? She she worked. You know, she did two hours of work in that show. And then also not look two hours of recording, but also fucking an hour of helping me with chords and trying to plug shit in and listen. So it's not fair to her for to not put out her work as well. So uh, the way I looked at it is, you know what? Yeah, we got to put this out because I wasn't just going to, I wanted to scrap it, but I couldn't. Uh, and also this, you'll see, you'll laugh. Uh, audio is precious. I mean, like I, you know, again, these shows are all at the top of my head and, and just throwing away two hours. Cause I've done it before. I've thrown away. I do it. I've stopped recording after 30 minutes. Uh, I've stopped recording after 45 minutes and chucked it, you know, just because I was like, whatever, uh, you know, just over the past course, you know, when I was doing it alone and stuff, and then the only person I have to answer to is me at that point and you guys. Um, but, but Lily, you know, she's, she's new in the wood chipper when she was producing, it was a different story. Cause she just put the fucking show out. I didn't get time to stress over it and go, well, this, I didn't say this right. And then this happened and you know, none of that fucking bullshit. Uh, she was just like, Hey, it's done. It's up. And I was, I was thrilled because <laughs> it took that off my plate and I didn't have to worry about it anyway. So this show, I'll come back later. Maybe I'll come back. You know what? I'll do the plugs later. That'll be that'll be a good thing. Um, right now, so let's just say this right now. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash The40YearOldBoy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash The40YearOldBoy. Not for long, uh, the way shit's going down over there. Uh, and then I'm at Instagram, Snapchat, and uh, TikTok at Mike40YOB. We'll go ahead and just give you those right now. Um and yeah, I'm, I, all right, so what we're going to do is they're going to put the, you're going to hear part of the show. Okay. And then it's going to, why am I even holding your hand through it? Just stick around. All right. Here, here's the deal. Stick around because there's going to be uh uproarious laughter. No, there's not Jesus Christ. You see what I mean? Like I could just fucking do this and put it out. Right. Instead, I got to fucking explain everything to you guys. Why do I have to have who holds somebody's hand through the listening of a podcast? Here's how you're going to listen to this podcast. Brace yourself because you're going to get this. Ah, uh, fuck. All right. Uh, all right. Here, here you go. Here's me and Lily. 
And uh, I'm going to jump back in at some point. It, when I jump back in, you'll know that everything went off the fucking rails with the record. And I'm back, hey, to do some plugs. Cool? All right. Here's me and Lily. Thanks, guys. Whee! Don't use that. Uh, all right. So show me again how your mouth goes, how it works. No. Wait, this, side, this side goes like this. This side only goes like this. <laughs> uh, folks, I was just giving a... Oh, hi. How you doing? I, look, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to fuck around with this. Oh, look, they're behind the scenes for a while. Bullshit. Because we're recording and I know we're recording. I know we're recording every week. Uh, but I just like to hit the ground running. I kind of jump in and I, I'm not going to lie to you. I am. Uh, I'm tense today. Uh, I'm on edge. <clears throat> it, you, know, you ever you ever feel like just something's wrong in the universe? You know, something is wrong. It's something that you can't control. But then you think to yourself, well, I could control it. But then you don't know how to control it. But also you've tried to control it. And it turns out that you didn't control it to your liking. And you had to plow forward. And you had to go ahead and just deal with it the way it is. Don't you hate that? Does anybody else hate that? Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Lily, are you there? Who's there? Uh, I'm a little, there's something wrong. Now, look, all right, let's talk. Last week, uh, first of all, hi, Lily. All right. Well, you got you. Your uh, microphone is out. God, fucking. Hi, my mouth does not work. All right, that was much better. <laughs> Jesus, uh, I don't. I don't know what to do here anymore <laughs> with this fucking show, dude. The first show I ever did, the first podcast I ever did in my life, in my entire. Uh, I'm holding up quotation marks as heavily as you can. Career, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to call this. Uh, it was an episode of Never Not Funny. The first episode of Never Not Funny, and I was called in to uh, to substitute for a, a love, lovely and talented Pat Francis, who was originally supposed to be the third uh, wheel there on the show, and then he got sick, and uh, and I I Wally pipped him is what I did. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. He was Wally Pip, and I walked in, and I was fucking Lou Gehrig for a year on Never Not Funny. It was fucking glorious uh, until they saw the real me and cut me loose. Um, <laughs> No, it's, I, I got a feeling it's kind of what it was. I don't know. Um, I think I think Jimmy was just mad that I was healthy because <laughs> he is a he is not a healthy man half the time. Uh, so he was like, I would come in there a strapping young buck, and he was like, Well, I can't be taunted by you and your physical prowess, and he kicked me out the door. Uh, so the first time I ever did a podcast was that episode with uh, with Jimmy and of course Matt Belknap, and uh, the entire first episode, I think we talked about technical difficulties. And how the chords were, whatever the fuck, it was a bunch of nonsense. Um, and actually, that became the lost episode because I think they didn't release it again. And then, with further collections, people were like, "Well, didn't they do an episode before this?" I have no idea. I don't. Again, I'm I'm not of that world any longer. Uh, but now here we are, thirteen years, fourteen years in, if you want to count that, fifteen if you want to count the break in between that show and my show, and uh, fucking chords, man. <laughs> I don't, and I, I, I can't imagine it's interesting for the listener. You know what I mean? So in my brain, I go, don't talk about it, but we just spent an hour and a half doing it. And now I'm, I'm plowing into the recording part and I, I just, and it, it, it hits me in every single fucking ADD, ADHD, fuck this instinct that I have running through my tainted blood and ridiculously sour brain. Like I, I just, it hits me in the weirdest, I mean, I, Lily, <laughs> Lily's my friend and she's lovely and she's taking her time to help me with this show and jumping in and it really makes me happy. 
until she starts to tell me that I have to do stuff or she starts to become like a fucking boss or a dad or a mom or whatever the fuck. And then that plays into directly what I've never had in my life. And so I rebel against it and I'm fucking furious and sad at the same time. And even though I know it's shit we got to do, it's, it's stuff that has to be done. And I, I hear this will sum this up exactly. Um, last week's show, I, I feel like it, it doesn't sound good. It, it, it didn't sound good. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, there was a problem with the Zoom, but then I even listened to my part, the part that I did by myself, and it sounded awful. I sounded tinny. I sounded as if I were recording. I was doing the show into a conch shell somehow. I was like talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I... Or I, I had hit myself under like a, a like a half of a two liter bottle of soda. Like I'd cut it in half. There was just this weird tinnowy, 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 no tinnowy. bassy, echoey. That's what I want to say. Tinny and echoey, uh, bass. It just bad. No bass. Whatever. It just sounded fucking. And I, at that point, as you know, the show's a one take, Jake, half the time. So I went up fucking talking, and then I listened to it, and I go, Oh no, this all sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> and I mean, I've recorded for over an hour by myself, an hour and 45 minutes with Lily. And I'm like, I can't, it's not like I can go in and do this shit over. So then I have to unleash it on you people. And I feel terrible giving you what I consider to be inferior product. It's not inferior in the content. It's inferior in the production. And I've talked about this all the time. There's nothing worse than a badly, poorly produced podcast because I I've, I've had friends and I've done their shows and then I've listened after and, and it sounds as if I'm shouting from the bottom of a well in Jamie Gum's basement. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just don't care for it. So I'm, as if my friend didn't ask me to do a podcast, he tricked me into it by slugging me in the head as I was louding a couch into his van, uh, which I, you know, I, I covered a couple of weeks ago with Jamie Gum trying to lure Cher into his van, as you recall. <laughs> Uh, but you don't recall because nobody even mentioned it. Like, I, I think it's so funny. I do things that I'm like, that was hysterical. I didn't hear one word from anybody. I'm like, oh man, nobody like Jamie Gum and Cher in the van. Do you believe? Um, I'm not going to do it. By the way, uh, we're on zoom. And, uh, how do you like my spit curl? Look at that. I mean, I, I just <laughs> look hilarious. Up. I kind of, I think I have to take a picture of that. Isn't that crazy? I have, uh, folks, I apparently, and I didn't know this about myself. I'm Superman. <laughs> and I, this wasn't anything that I was aware of, quite frankly. Now, wait, do I have to pose? Do I have to talk when I take this photo? I have no idea how it works. Uh, I don't want to cut, get caught in some, oh, like, how about that? Ooh, stupid. Uh, I have a spit curl for some reason. I, if, you know why? Because I used a, <laughs> brace yourselves. I used a medium hold today uh, of a, of a, for my hair. Okay, I thought that um, was a masturbation reference again. No, I, you never go medium hold. Oh, my God. Uh, although you get your hand gliding, it's kind of a medium hold. Um, this show is only about cords and jerking off. Why do I even do it anymore at this point, quite frankly? I should I, I should pivot to something else. But I mean, but then again, I'm, I'm this is what my life is, cords and jerking off. What I need to do is combine them and and either check out like michael hutchins or bring you a story about the autoerotic asphyxiation wonders i've discovered uh which you know as you know the autoerotic asphyxiation earbuds from uh, tweaked.com are those still available do i get a dime i don't know go check uh what was it cockering watches and autoerotic asphyxiation earbuds man i this show has been cock centric for a long I time i miss them no oh, i miss them too they were uh this is all right like, since we're talking about the old, old early days because I have nothing else to talk about now. Uh, they were the they were the only guys I ever met who actually approached me and were like, "We love your show. We want to be on your show. We want to promote on it." 
uh, other people, you know, I got that shotgun thing from Audible that every podcaster got, you know, and I like I'm getting a thing on Twitch now. They're like, you have money in your inbox. I'm like, OK, I'm sure I do. And then you go look at it and it's like, you have a unique opportunity to cross promote with HelloFresh. <laughs> and I'm like, unique for whom? Because I know I actually know two other podcasters who are also doing this exact same thing. Now, look, are they smarter than me? Yes. Are they going to make $40 or whatever the fuck from it? Probably. Should I have done it? Absolutely. Why don't I tell you? I can talk about broccoli. Why don't I tell you about fucking broccoli that comes to your house? Remember when we used to go places in this fucking country? No, it's like, oh, you know what I need? I need to sign up with a with a guy who will bring me pudding to my door. What the fuck, man? Get out of your fucking house. And I say this to myself, too, because I don't, but I don't deliver. I don't order delivery. The one thing I will go get is fucking food. I don't trust. I don't trust any middleman dangling his balls in my fucking wonton soup. I don't, I don't want any of that shit going on. And let me tell you, that's a lot of work if you're delivering food to pull over and put your balls in somebody's wonton soup. But if you want to do it, you will find a fucking way. Don't kid yourselves. Those dudes, because everybody like, we are far too trusting in this country. I talked about it before when I would fucking drive Uber. It'd be, it'd be 2.30 in the morning and a woman would get in my car and, and, just, and with her head down looking at her phone. And I'd just go, hi, I'm Mike. And she'd be like, okay. Because she doesn't want to talk to me. And I'd look, I don't want to fucking talk to you either. But at the same time, shouldn't you look in my eyes so you can tell people who killed you? You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't that be some information you have on the dais? Shouldn't you have that? Or I would, like, I'm not joking. If I was a chick and I took late night Uber, the first thing I would do is go, hey, can I take a selfie of you? And I would send it to my friends. I'm not fucking kidding. And I would go, this is the dude driving me and and screenshot my information and just go, I'm in his car right now, 2.30. And then I would text when I got home. Yep. I don't, I don't. And look, guys should do that too. All right. I don't, cause, cause that's also now like, that's a fucking look, man. If your stepmom gets caught in a doggy door, of course you're going to fuck her. We know this. Everybody knows oh this now. God. That's clearly, that's now the, the porn subgenre that I can't see enough. I mean, I literally every, every time I go to, you go to X tube or X hamster or, or eight tube or fucking KNXX. Hey, look, there's a few porn places out there. And if you go to them, there's always some scene where, like, again, a stepmom is like, oh, there's a leak in the pipe. I'm going to fix it. Ow, my hand is caught. And her stepkid comes in and goes, oh, dad's at work. I should probably rail you from behind while your hand is trapped. And guess what? The stepmom likes it. Uh, so that's the, I've talked about this genre of porn. And it's it, it's you always blown away. Can you just get a pizza anymore? <laughs> no. No, you can't. Because that's a, that's another genre of porn. If you haven't seen it, oh. the uh, the woman who answers the door naked and films it to see the reaction of the Pizza Hut guy or whatever the fuck. That's uh, a decent but, exposure. But sometimes they Ugh. bring them in the house and blow them, and uh, and and you can always tell there there'll always be like ah oh, totally surprised this Pizza Hut driver was when my nude wife blew him, and then it's like. Some guy was clearly her husband. He's like, well, ma'am, I don't know if I should be doing this because they try to add the acting and it's like, fuck you. Just get your cock sucked and shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Pretend you're ashamed. That's what you should. If, if, if that's that should be the porn direction in all porn. Whatever a direct like how am I? What's my motivation? Here? Pretend you're ashamed in every single porn no. clip. You're the stepmom. You're the stepkid. You're the pizza delivery guy. You're the wife forced to suck him off. Pretend you're ashamed and people will believe this clip. No. Anybody who's got it, anybody enthusiastic in a porn clip is lying, clearly. 
uh, the, on these found porn clips. Okay. Like if it's consenting yes. adults and whatever the fuck, that's fine. Or a girl trying to get a B on a test and she's going to suck a guy off. Yes. Okay. She's excited. Everybody's thrilled. I, I get that. But these other happenstance ones, that's again, the, 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 the woman, the food delivery one cracks me up or the woman who comes in, this one cracks me up because these are real. This one you'll see if they, all right, if they wind up fucking, it's, it's not real. All right. Uh, there's another subgenre now that I see. Look, I'm I watch a lot of porn. And uh <laughs> I'm just laughing because we were literally talking about never not funny, and now we're talking about porn. Listen, I'll get to that. And, and, also and, and, never not funny. <laughs> no, clearly. Uh there's always my, my favorite is when guys are like, uh, my wife gave the plumber a show. That's the name of the clip. And it's like a plumber, and he's uh you know, he's got a ratchet or whatever the fuck plumbers have. And he's like fixing some shit. And the woman comes in in a G string and, and like a, a, a silk mesh top. And she's like, can I get you something to drink? And the, and the plumber like look over and just be kind of like, uh, 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 no, you know, that's what I'm saying. You'd always tell when they're real because the guy is freaked the fuck out because there's this half naked chicken there. Because in, in porn, they figure everybody's immediately going to get a raging heart on and go, oh man, I'm a plumber, but I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. No, man, if you're a plumber and you showed up to plumb and there's fucking this nude, half nude chick who comes walking and she's like, hey, can I get you some orange juice? And you're just like, man, I just, I, I literally just got washers and nuts and not the kind you're thinking of. All right. I just, I just want to go ahead and fix this. I, you, you know, I'm going to be elbow deep in somebody else's shit in about half an hour, or I guess maybe not if you keep me here longer, whatever the fuck. Uh, the people are just trying to live their lives, man. Delivery guy's out there. He's just trying to live his life. He doesn't want to get blown. Oh, you keep cutting out. I'm so disappointed. You're, it's like you're not even here. And that's when everything went bananas. Hi. <laughs> uh, we were talking. I thought my voice wasn't working, and uh, that was a crazy... Um, we had the cord issue the previous week as well. Oh, good Lord, whatever. So, um, and people have been very nice and reached out and I appreciate it. And I will get back to the people who have reached out. Um, you know, and also the recording, the zoom thing. And, and look, I will tell you this, we didn't fully fix everything because in this next, uh, much larger chunk, you're going to hear, you know, there's, there was, we just soldiered on because there's, you can hear there's stuff dropping out. Uh, in fact, there's there's for the last like whatever of the show, she's gone. When I, I'm telling, I tell like kind of an anecdote or a story that happened to me, and you can barely hear her. Like she, I she's completely muted. She's laughing the whole time. I can see her on the Zoom, and she's cracking up. And I'm like, God damn it, because you know, and I just got to press forward and tell the story. And I know that she's enjoying it and laughing, but you guys can't hear it. And then it sounds like she's hating it. <laughs> I know it doesn't, even though it doesn't really sound like that, I suppose, but maybe it does. Whatever you guys are hearing, you're hearing. I don't know. Um, all right, well, let's get to these, you know, I'm part of the misfit toys co-op. Did you know that I am? Uh, it's the guys that never not funny. It's Doug loves movies. It's the Todd glass show. It's no fun with Jen Kirkman. Uh, and yeah, man, those all exist and they're great. I love Jen, I love Todd, I love Doug, I love Jimmy and Matt and the gang, Garen, and of course, Elliot. They're putting out quality product, great podcast you should listen to right now. Uh, Never Not Funny, Doug Loves Movies, Todd Glass Show, and No Fun with Jen Kirkman at the Misfit Toys Co-op. And they're available right now in the iTunes store. And I'm sure you're going to hear a commercial for them uh, here. I think there's other shows in Misfit Toys now, too, that are running ads from what I understand uh, I don't know. Again, I don't get the brief. I'm not included in the meetings. 
I get a thing at the end of the month that says I don't owe any money, which is good. I don't know if I'm making any money, but I certainly don't owe any money. But that's the most important thing. Uh, we have the Paranoid Strain Podcast, which sponsors us every week, and we're glad to do uh, business with them. They're so good. Our great friend, Fearful Jesuit, uh, who is up there at his compound, staring, looking, lurking, doing fantastic work, taking apart conspiracy theories and the Q people. Dana Unicorn, hidden in her secret lair. And they come together. See, they make it work. That's the thing. It's like, you know, me and Lily are doing this remote thing through Zoom and whatever the fuck, and everything's falling apart. Meanwhile, you go listen to the Paranoid Strain podcast. It's fucking seamless. There's my man, uh, Fearful Jesuit. There's the lovely and talented Dana Unicorn. There's all of their experts they get patched in. And what, they're, what are they doing? They're upsetting the apple cart on conspiracy theories. Right now, if you see an apple cart, watch out. Fearful Jesuit will rush out in his monk's robe and tip it right over. There'll be apples rolling down the cobblestones right after you. And you're going to be like, fuck, look at all these conspiracy theories rolling into the gutter, which is where they goddamn belong. You John Birch motherfuckers. Uh, go listen to the show. It's fucking amazing. He's in the middle of taking everybody out. He's in a he's a he's just in a good place. He does great work. And uh, and I'm I'm thrilled to be associated with this show. As I've mentioned to you many times before, if somebody can do something, I can't. I'm fascinated by it. And the very fact that he does his things, uh, he's got them polished to a, a, a complete a sheen where you can see yourself in the podcast. It's just, it's so brilliant. And I wind up thinking to myself, God damn it. Wait, look at, listen to this guy. Why I should be, I should be sponsoring his goddamn show. Uh, but I'm lucky enough that he still wants to be involved with me. So there you go. The paranoid strain podcast available where uh, is what's in the iTunes space. It's on Spotify. It's all over the goddamn place. Go check it out for yourself. Uh, the iTunes store is available right now. All of these different places, wherever you get your finer podcasts, that is where you're going to find the paranoid strain with fearful Jesuit. He, uh, oh my God, my voice, hold on. My voice seems to be making uh, the threats. Is it a conspiracy ghost? Perhaps there's a conspiracy ghost in my throat. Hold on. I got to drink some water, but there is a conspiracy <clears throat> happening right now in my, my larynx. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on. Maybe he'll do an episode on that. Uh, my uvula is in full revolt. Uh, all right. The Paranoid Strain, hosted by my friend Fearful Jesuit and the lovely and talented, amazing and brilliant Dana Unicorn. Uh, you can check it out right now wherever your finer podcasts are dispensed. And while you're there looking around for the finer podcasts, there's another one to tell you about. What's this? There is. It's the Flem Cat Podcast uh, with our great friend David Mex Hernandez, whom you know and love. Uh, David Hernandez, who bears a strong resemblance uh, to a statue, it is Veterans Day after all. Uh, and so if go to, if you're listening to this on Veterans Day, get in your car, drive to Chicago and go look at my man's face. Uh, and while you, but while you're there, put in some earbuds and listen to the Flem Cat podcast. It'll be like the statue's doing a podcast for you. How fucking amazing is that? That's great. You can do the same thing with me. If you go drive to a bog <laughs> and just look at bubbling, filthy water, pretend it's me. Uh, but he's been cast in bronze. He's important and smart. The Flem Cat Podcast, that's uh, two words, Flem, P-H-L-E-G-M, Cat, C-A-T. Flem Cat Podcast with our, uh, it's our friend Max and a cast of characters, a coterie, if you will, his rogues gallery. And he sings and he plays music and he just does amazing things, he tells you stories about fish and golf because, again, he's a grandpa. Uh, but he is to be listened to and he is brilliant. And he is my great friend. Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez is where you can go and follow him and be his friend. Certainly find out when the episodes come out, but I believe they come out every Monday and, uh, you can check them out then and you'll love them and you'll love him. And he's so good. And like I said, go to Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Also the man does artwork. That's uh, ridiculous. 
and he can do personalized artwork for you. Got to reach him, though. Got to get him through Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and, uh, and get him on the line. Uh, hello? <laughs> uh, it's yellow, right? I wasn't, do, I wasn't doing Lionel Richie. I was doing because I was going to do, hello, is it me you're looking for? Now, that's because that's Lionel Richie. Uh, but I was trying to do telephone line. Uh, uh, telephone line. Fucking ELO. I can't do it. Hurts my throat. Uh, Flumcat podcast is out there now. Go check it out. It's so good. You'll love it. Did you know that I'm on Cameo? I am. What? Yes, I am. Cameo is where you'll find me dispensing out cameos. <laughs> if you want me to tell people you love them or hate them, I'm happy to do it. You can do that just for 20 bucks. For 20 bucks, I can be your surrogate. I can be your cudgel or I can be your uh, velvety hand and glove, glove and va- glove and hand, whatever. Hire me at Cameo. It's bookcameo.com or go to get the Cameo app on your phone and uh, and check me out right there, ready to do business. If you just want to give me money and not, and you don't want me talking to your cousin, you can go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper right-hand corner. There's a uh, horn boy. Click on that. goes right to PayPal. You can send us a little one-time bonus, a little boom, boom. You can actually subscribe for a month if you want to or monthly. Uh, you don't have to. But if you if you do, you can. The option's there. Or, like I said, a little one-time spiff. A little one-time, there you go. Here's Liz, Take this. A little something for you, pal. Tuck it in my front pocket. Excited. Uh, you're nice to do that. You can also join Patreon if you want. Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. It's out there calling your name. Calling my name, quite frankly. It's calling all of our names. There's, it's, uh, it's like a siren song. And, uh, and it'll, it'll make you jump off an oil rig. It'll, you'll hear it and you'll jump right off your oil rig into the drink. It's perfect. Uh, PayPal is uh, available through MikeSchmidtComedy.com, but Patreon is uh, Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Uh, you can sign up and be a, a patron of this show that sometimes comes out. And then sometimes I climb into my skull and tell myself I'm not good enough. But hey, man, you don't want to hear about all that. What you want to hear about is Patreon. Go ahead and sign up at patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Hey, have I mentioned I've got channels for you to check out? I do. I've got the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. That's out there for you to look at. It's uh, got all the archives of all the episodes of this podcast that ever existed. You can go ahead and check them out. Our great friend Sal listens sometimes and makes some uh, comments, and he'll make weird comments, and I'm like, i got to go back and listen to that episode. Again, I don't remember what I've said in any of these shows, uh, but I'm, I'm ready to go listen because I probably should. Uh, should I compile them into some sort of book or collection? I don't know. My friend Chip just wrote a book. Go buy Chip Chinnery's book. It's called Charging Mount Standup. And it's uh, my friend Chip Chinnery. His book just went on sale at Amazon, I believe, somewhere. Uh, but Google it. Chip Chinnery, Charging Mount Standup. It's a book. That's available for you to pick up. I don't know why I'm plugging Chip. Why not? Just came to mind. Why not? Throw it out there. He just put it out. Uh, love him. Great friend. So go ahead and buy his book. <laughs> why wouldn't you, for fuck's sake? It's a story about him doing standup. When 17-year-old David Chappelle opened for him. That's right. I called him David because uh, I got David on the brain. Uh, all right. So there you go. I'm at Cameo. I'm going to give you YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Also, get this, man. I got Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. What? Yes. Now, I didn't stream on there for about a week and a half as well uh, because I'm a genius. Um, guess guess what happened? Technical problems. <laughs> I am, I'm powder again. Like I said, I just ruin electricity. So, uh, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy is available. Go check me out. I'll be on later today. 
I'm on every weekday, like Monday through Friday, usually around three o'clock, usually around four o'clock PM, my time, sometimes three, sometimes five. Uh, but I'm always on there and I'm, I'll be on there a lot because I'm playing the new game, God of War Ragnarok and it's crazy fun. And it's Kratos who is such a pill and he's got a giant fucking frost ax and he's got blades of chaos and he's got his son Atreus and they just had a confrontation with Odin. I had to fight Thor in the first fucking, the first day I played the game. I don't want to give him any spoilers because I know some of you are out there playing, so I'm not super deep into the game. I've only played it a couple of days, but but the way it works is like when I played the last one, you had to fight this guy named Balder, and uh, it was like a really tough fight. It was right away in the beginning of the game, so I think that's kind of the pattern. You get a really hard fight in the beginning because it kind of gives you an idea of what you're doing and learning how to use your, your fighting skills, and so, uh, yeah, I had to fight Thor. Thor showed up at my fucking house, and he wanted to go, and uh, so we went round and round. And, uh, and their Thor is awesome. And it's just, and also it's a cold game because there's snow and wind. Oh, it's lovely. Go ahead and check it out. But you can watch me play it at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow or subscribe over there. If you subscribe, you can do it through uh, Amazon. I get five bucks and that's pretty sweet. You got to renew it every month though, because God forbid you just put up some fucking thing. You know, you can set it and forget it. There's no Ron Popeil's working over at Amazon. Just your guys fucking Bezos is hiring. Uh, so there you go. YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, both out there, both exist, both ready for you to check out. And I will tell you this, uh, oh, you were, and were you surprised to get me so quickly, by the way, I don't even know what the, that chunk of show wasn't long, but I can tell you now we're going to get, we're going to settle into the meat of the matter. Now we've got just show for you to listen to. There's not, I won't come back to haunt you. There won't be any more plugs for me. There might be some commercials from whatchamacallit. Um, who knows from, uh, from Misfit Toys. But uh, but yeah, thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for a third P word. I'm so glad that you are listening and I'm glad that you are. Well, you might not forgive me for not putting on a show last week and, and then holding sitting. I, it was This was done. This one was done. I just was in my brain. I was like, it's not good enough. There's technical bullshit. People are going to be mad. It's a weird way to live your life. I don't recommend it. Uh, so you know what? You heard some of me and Lily earlier. And why don't you sit back and hear the rest? Cool. All right, guys, we will. Uh, oh, uh, why not? Why not do, do this? You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be on my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. And I'm at Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok at Mike40YLB. It's maybe important that you follow me at those other places because Twitter right now is showing some real cracks, and I don't know how long it's going to be around. Um, and I, but I'm available everywhere else. Go ahead and find me. That'd be great. And, uh, we will talk to you guys soon. I promise I won't, I, uh, I can't promise anything because then you'll be like, you promised. Ah, fuck. Uh, all right. Here's me and Lily and, uh, and whatever we were able to cobble together for, <laughs> for a show after I lost my fucking mind about being fucking technically inproficient. Ah, uh, thanks guys. Recording in progress. We're up and running. Recording in progress. <laughs> Recording in progress. <clears throat> How do I sound out there, everybody? Do I sound okay, everybody? Ooh, How do sexy, I sound out there? Actually, deep. actually, how do I sound out there, sir or ma'am? <laughs> the one person who still listens to this fucking thing. Uh, uh, hi, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, forty-year-old boy podcast? Um, not going to do that thing where we pretend I'm not recording and I don't know what the fuck is happening because that just seems silly at this point. You guys know that I know when we're recording because there's a little lady who says recording in progress. Maybe I'll include her this time so everybody can hear that and they'll be like, "Ooh, that's the recording in progress, lady." Can I get her autograph? <laughs> sure, you can. Why not? Uh, and you know, and I'm being joined this week by the lovely and talented Lily von Stupp. Hi, Lily. How are you? 
I am fantastic. Lily was just reading her Facebook memories to me. And oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Lily, not one to hold things back. Certainly no. not in the past or in the present. But oh, no. my goodness. Just uh, just creasing people. Just fucking taking people out at the knees. Do not know how to pull a punch. Uh, yeah, no, not at all. No, that was a, that was a serious right hook. You Did I share lo- that? Should I share that memory? I, that's up to you. I would never make you do things you don't want to do. But it, it uh, but reading it to me, it made me laugh. I'm like, that was public. And you're that like, was public. Yes. that was out and out public. Yeah, but but only because I was called out publicly. And if you're going to call me out publicly, I can tell you that if my dirty laundry is out, your dirty laundry is out. And if your dirty laundry about me is a lie, oh, your dirty laundry's out. <laughs> All right, now you got to say it because people now are going to be like, what was it? And there's nothing worse than telling the listener, hey, this happened, but you can't know about it. It just seems ridiculous. I I, I do that too much where I'm like, hey, here's a story I can't tell you. Wink, wink. You know what I mean? Well, That's a terrible I don't, thing. I don't know that it's – I don't think that the incident itself is as important as the – um, if you're going to judge my character, I'm going to assassinate yours with the truth. I mean, that's just who I am as a person. All right. So what happened? This is this is a good uh, is like 13 years ago. Yeah, and, my uh, I split up with my ex-husband that some of you may know um, from another podcast and uh, radio show. And I had gotten a call from somebody that was just like, hey, uh, I ran into your ex to be and apparently uh, you cheated on him. And I'm like, no, that's not exactly what happened. And basically, if you're going to go around telling people that I cheated on you, I'm going to go around and tell them the truth, which is you cheated on me for six months and then made me ask you for a divorce and think I was the problem. So, you know, that doesn't it doesn't work that way. So I basically wrote, if you know, my ex-husband called his name out and went, fuck you. And that, but and but you also put all the stuff about, yeah, he's saying I'm cheating, but he cheated and he fucking bailed. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, good, because that, you know, I see there's vague booking. Where people yeah. will be like, you know, guys, I need prayers up today. That was not vague. That was, no. that was there was nothing vague I, about again, what you said. I hold accountability for what I've done. And if people come up to me and they say, you did this, I will go, yes, I did. And I'm not proud of it. And it was a mistake. And I hurt people. And I'm sorry because that wasn't my intent. But don't tell me I cheated when you're the one that that literally has a history of that. You know, I was the one that wanted to be in an open relationship and he said no. And then he went out and acted as though it was an open relationship. Well, that's not my character flaw. You said if you do something, you take accountability for it. I do. What's that like? Um, not fun. <laughs> I thought we, I, I, I'm just, I, I do too sometimes. Certainly. By the way, I absolutely loved making the Halloween costume for you when i sent that to you oh. with the picture on it and i was like yeah. what should be on here Cause, yeah no cause i, I made like happy. 10 of them you know well, and, I had, and you picked a great picture because hannah got me that course. hat and i love that hat I'm that is that is a it. great picture and it's funny and the talent you know i don't know have you seen a lot of those online oh sure i've seen a million of them do you realize the what was wrong with most of them I, I don't know what, what if you say I'll probably know. Well, Spirit Halloween, when they make a costume, they can't use names and they can't oh, yeah. use brands. And so it would be something very generic. So the fact that it just said the talent was absolutely what your costume would be if someone was going to buy a knockoff of you because right. they wouldn't buy, you know, Mike Schmidt podcast or 40 year old boy. They would buy right. the generic whatever. So many of them were done so poorly. It made me sad. But my favorite one was a friend of mine that um, 
just had my dad and there was nobody there. And I just went, oh, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that's a good. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I saw um, like celebrities put once celebrities start oh, doing it, you're done. Yeah. It's over. Like, yeah. you know, quit it. It's it's and but that's the case with anything, really. Yeah. I mean, you should. It's funny that. There's now this thing. All right, look, uh, you may have seen Elon, Elon Musk wants people to pay for Twitter. Have Wait, what? This? Yeah, there's a thing where supposedly it was going to be 20 bucks a month. Um, well, I'll get to that in a second. But but <laughs> I have a I have a better idea. Instead of just, instead of making people pay to use Twitter, uh, if anyone uses a meme or a joke that's played out, they owe you five bucks. They have to pay five <laughs> bucks to Twitter, and and they just have to. It's like automatically debited from your account if you if you do the guy throwing L's or you do the, you know, Nick Young with all the question marks, any of these memes, you know, it's Floyd Mayweather, I think throwing all the L's like all of these. Uh, and even, even the little yes, baby, even the little excited toddler girl, even the girl with the house on fire who might be an exorcist. Yeah. All those, all those people, if you use those, man, you should have to pay five bucks and it should, you know what? They should find those people and get it to them somehow. I mean, if you, if you were four and you became a meme, dude, you should fucking, there should be a way for you to get some cash out of it. I would imagine that is, that is my thing. I look up the history of memes constantly and find those people, you <laughs> know, the girl that has the uh, face, the little young one, she was being told they were going to Disneyland and she was just like, huh? And, and literally she's like, it was like one of the greatest days, but I was making this face. And the next thing, you know, I'm the uh, girl, the little right. fire starter girl. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. She's adorable. Well, that's like the, the, little... the num num Star Wars kid. All of them. I yeah. follow all of them. And the the Irma Gerd girl. Irma Gerd, uh, yeah. Yeah, all those people. I You're love just... those people. They should be on money. They shouldn't get money. They should be on money. Some other should be some sort of internet money that you can use. Like I guess what? Well, what is there? There crypto. All the crypto should have those people on it because it's all just a <laughs> fucking there, joke the anyway. Crypto is not physical, so that's. The problem there. we got to start printing crypto that's what we need to do in this country let's print the crypto because you know because again that's another thing where everybody's just like i've got a billion crypto dollars and it's like so do i my house is filled with them i can't touch them i don't know where they are they might be in a closet i'm not sure but i'm so rich on this idea of possible money in the future what the fuck happened to this world hey man what if we made up our own money and and then I, i've literally tried to read about it i've tried to read because it, it's destroying the planet with fracking or some electronic bullshit. I'm like, what are you digging for? The money itself or the crypto? I don't, I can't figure it out. It Again, it's like the NTF stuff. I'm like, you you people don't have enough things that are physical to own. You have to be so rich that you own the idea of something. It is absurd. But when then those, that's the NTF. Is that the same? Yeah. NTF is the pictures. Yes. Or images or whatever. Yes. And then, that, like, that only exists online in this one bite of fuck off. Yeah. And fuck then off. it's supposedly the, like those bored apes, right? Wasn't that a thing for the NTF? But then all of a sudden some guy stole one guy's bored apes and started yes. putting them everywhere. And, because and then, nothing, is, nothing is safe. And if you own air, it's not safe either. Exactly. And if you come out and you're like, man, I just lost $11 million in bored ape money. It's like, well, <laughs> I, I got news for you, man. You lost shit. You lost nothing. What the fuck? God, I'm going to die soon. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> I just, because I just look around and everything's... It's because it, like, and I'm not even like an old scared dude about change. It's, it's all just stupid. We've talked yep. about this a million times and I can't, I don't want to make that the theme of this show. 
Because then it's like I'm just reverse Krasinski. Remember when during the pod, uh, the, the the pandemic, Krasinski was just like, I got a show called Good News, and it's all about uh-huh. like a hamster who was nice to a lady. You know what I mean? And you're like, that was, and I admit, some of those I enjoyed. Like I follow, look, I follow dogs on Instagram. I follow otters on Twitter. I'm excited about that. I like seeing Steve the otter making faces. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, if you, if you, this, I, you if know you I make follow? it your personality, that's there's what a guy, becomes a problem. I follow Goodable. I follow Goodable on Twitter. And I follow also, there's a guy named Gabriel Corno is his name. But the problem is with these, here's the thing that makes me laugh. They, you know, they, they put out great clips. It'll be, a, you know, a, 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 hey, this donkey recognizes this lady after 11 years. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? And also, fuck you. No offense. But like, I, a, I don't know if that's what's really happening. You know what I mean? You could have covered this woman in donkey food and the donkey's like, yes, finally. <laughs> you know, I don't believe anything online ever anymore at all. It's all phony. So I have it's a question. Like, yes. What is donkey food? I don't know. But if you have it, you can slather yourself in it and make a donkey excited and make a clip that lives forever and ever and ever. But the problem with this Gabriel Corno dude, and again, he's great because he wants to just bring joy to you. He'll be like, here's a bird landing in slow motion and I'll cry because I have so I have fallen apart. I have been broken down to ash at this fucking point. So anything at all that has any spark of humanity, that isn't somebody telling another guy to fuck off because he doesn't like his football team. I'm fine with it. I'm like, yay, look at this majestic bird. And, but at the same time, this bird doesn't have a fucking clue what it's doing. It's not inspiring me. It's trying to eat a worm and just go on about its fucking day. The donkey's not... like when They'll, they'll do a thing sometimes where it'll be like, I just saw a whole clip I watched on fucking... What's what's that? Who does the clips of the animals? It was on <laughs> Doctor Doolittle. That's exactly who it is. It's Doctor Doolittle who does the clips of the animals. Who does the clips of the animals of the animals? Uh, <laughs> Dodo. I think it's Dodo. They'll put out a clip and they'll be like, "This this dog loves this squirrel," and you'll be like, "What?" And then I watch it. It's four minutes long, which is way too long for the internet. Give me something four <laughs> seconds, please. Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's a dog and, and it's, and the dog supposedly fell in love with a squirrel who kept coming to the porch and then the dog. So then they started to put nuts out for the squirrel and then the squirrel would run up and it would hang out and would eat the nuts and the dog would lay on the porch with it and and be happy. And then the squirrel stopped coming around and then the dog was sad and would carry around a squirrel stuffed toy. And then the squirrel came back after like a month and it was like, yay. And it turned out that the squirrel had been pregnant and had to have babies. So it was going to take care of them or whatever the fuck, right? So they're telling this story in a four-minute clip, and the woman is filming her dog going crazy when the squirrel shows up. And I'm like, listen, the dog doesn't love the squirrel. The dog wants to eat the fucking squirrel. He wants to bite (laughs) him. Like, that's what dogs do. They want to bite the fucking squirrel. And then the squirrel knows enough to not come off the porch onto the ground because then the dog will fucking eat it. And if the squirrel loved the dog, it's not going to be like, yay. And also... They're like, oh, this squirrel kept coming around because it was in love with the dog. No, no. You kept putting peanuts on the fucking barbecue grill. That's why the squirrel. And I hate that I deconstruct it like that. Like I try to watch it like a like a fucking mentally challenged person would and just be like the squirrel, bad dog, their love. You know what I mean? That would be great. I would love to feel good about it and just be like, oh, see what happens. 
there's love in the air for everybody. Love is in the air for a squirrel and a dog. Like, I'd be excited about that if I could fucking ever get past the critical thinking part of my brain that goes, dog wants to eat squirrel, squirrel wants to eat nuts. Nobody's fucking in love here for fuck's sake. And then she buys him a fucking stuffed toy of a squirrel. And she's like, it became his favorite toy. How do you know? How do you know? Dog, because then they give me, again, they show the, the dog carrying it in its mouth. So I, the viewer, have to do the heavy lifting and go, it's his favorite toy. That, that. You know what I mean? You're, you're that moron who has to believe that the dog loves the squirrel toy because it's in love with the squirrel as well. And also, by the way, all of these clips are done by the richest people on the fucking planet. There's no homeless person who's going, hey, man, my dog totally loves this fucking bird. And it's like, no, you all live outside. You're the neighbors <laughs> and shit. But you got a porch and a fucking giant barbecue grill and her house is a fucking majestic palace. Of course you got time to sit around and film your dog and make up a relationship because your fucking <laughs> husband's off being a master of the universe and you're home alone going, what if my dog loved a squirrel? I got to go viral with this bullshit. <laughs> and she filmed it and she filmed the dog. And then just like over the course of, she claimed it's over the course of like a month. And I'm like, so why? Hold on a second. You filmed your dog over the course of two months falling for a squirrel. And then the, the squirrel disappears for a month and you kept filming the dog saying he was like, you, you wrote this movie. Don't pretend it happened. You decided, what if I said that my dog loved a squirrel? I'm just going to film a bunch of shit and put it together as a slide. And you did. Yep. Don't act, it wasn't organic. This didn't just happen where your dog was like, rough, rough squirrel. And you were like, oh my God, love. No, man. Dog wants to bite squirrel. So you feed squirrel to bring it around. Then the dog looks up at the squirrel and it's and. Look, is it cute that the squirrel's on the fucking grill and he's eating peanuts and the dog is just staring at him? Yes, but you know that the dog is just going, just just fall, fall, just fall, just fall, <laughs> slip, fucking slip, because you are fucking lunch, man. That's all the dog is thinking. And maybe he's like, that squirrel's cute, but at the same time, he's like, I bet he tastes good, too. <laughs> and then the fucking squirrel comes back, and then this is my favorite part. She goes, it turned out after a month, uh, they named the squirrel like April or some shit, and she goes, uh, came back. And uh, and then it turned out she had babies and she had to take care of them. We don't we never see squirrel babies. She shows the squirrel <laughs> who kind of looks fat. So she assumes it was pregnant or, or or better yet, made it up for the end of her fucking story. Bullshit. Because then the squirrel comes back after supposedly having the babies. Sorry. Well, let me ask you this. Is that a fucking deadbeat mom? Is that squirrel <laughs> leaving? Her fucking squirrel, like what? Do you, when you're filming, when he comes, when the baby comes, the squirrel comes back, like, yay, more nuts, more dog, I love you. Well, where are your fucking babies? Did you throw them down a fucking sewer for the it clown? Because what the fuck happened, man? I thought you you had kids. Leave. You know what? It happens all the time. Someone has kids and they relationships fray and they fall apart. And now your dog has to find somebody else to love. Perhaps an ocelot will wander onto the goddamn fucking porch. Perhaps a wombat will wander by, and the dog will be like, boy, I love that too. Fuck that. A woodpecker who's just banging away on a fucking tree and your dog, who apparently is mooning over every other fucking wildlife species on the planet, is going to be like, oh my God, I totally love this woodpecker. Hear that noise? I love it. Your dog loves nobody. Not even you. I love that this is the bright side of the internet that you follow. Well, I'm a questioning person. That's the problem. I... I follow them for great, like, I love that kind of, because look, I will tell you what, I saw a clip once, and and again, it speaks to who I am and where I'm at, like, I, all right, there's a movie called X, all right, it's a slasher movie, yeah. all right, and I'm not going to get into a bunch of stuff about it, uh, but everybody I've recommended it to, no one has liked it as much as me, like, no one has liked it as much as me, 
uh, they, they're like, it's this, it's that, it's whatever. I've talked about this. Did I talk about Pat's text to me where he's just like, this is just a slasher movie. What the fuck am I looking for here? And I'm just like, Eesh. but it's because I'm, I viewed it through the prism of me and my circumstance. Yes. Pat has a, uh, a very successful marriage. He's a, a father to two lovely children. He's very happy in his life and things are going great. He's got a beautiful house pool. Everything is great for Pat. He has a fucking successful podcast. He works hard. He's one of the best people I know. So I wouldn't expect him to watch a slasher movie and empathize with the killer because they never accomplished what they wanted to accomplish in life. Yeah. Uh, the killer in this movie is, uh, is, is sad. And, and I know that sounds yeah. ridiculous because you could be like, well, you know, in Friday the 13th, you know, the, the mom was mad because Jason was killed by the counselors. Yeah, but she was a lunatic. All right. She had a beehive hairdo and a fucking stupid grin. And she was just like, I'll get you people. I'll get you for killing my Jason. She's nuts. Okay. But in X, the protagonist, who, who one of the people who winds up, you know, there's a bunch of crimes. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to give anything away. I recommend watching it. But I will tell you right now, you're not going to like it as much as me. <laughs> but because the, this, this character is, uh, is old. There's an old woman in it and an old man. There's, they're a couple. And the old man is a crotchety and he's like, you know, my wife, you know, she, she's easily disturbed by noise or whatever the fuck. And, you know, no bright lights. My wife will flinch. You know, it's, he's he's and you're wondering, like, all right, is is he nuts? Is she nuts? What is going on? And then as the movie unfolds, uh, what you realize is that he loves her more than anything in the world and he also recognizes the flaws inside of her and he's trying to make sure those flaws don't surface. So he's like, don't, no sudden movements around my wife. She's prone to put a corkscrew in your jugular. You know what I mean? It's like that, that she's not just going to be like, oh my goodness, that's loud. She's going to get an ax. I mean, it's like he's, so he's, as the movie unfolds and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling. You realize it's essentially that he, he loves her so much. He, he is trying to protect her as much as he possibly can from the outside world, from other people, from anything. And he also indulges her in whatever she might need to be, have indulged. I'm not going to get into it. Shenanigans. Yeah. Literally, literally horseplay <laughs> around the farm. So, uh, and, and there's a scene with the character, you know, the, the, the older woman, and she meets one of the young women who's there. Uh, the, the story is, all right there's these fucking there's like eight kids and they're it's the 70s it's the mid 70s and they're like you know what we're gonna do man there's a lot of money in porn right now because debbie does dallas and all this so let's go fucking film our porn and strike it rich we'll start making our own movies yay so he convinces these two girls and and then it's two guys and then there's a camera person and a boom mic holder and their boyfriend and girlfriend and they're all gonna go out to this fucking they rent a, a guest house essentially and they're going to film, you know, fucking all over this fucking farm. But they don't tell the old people that. They're just like, we're just getting a getaway to go fishing or whatever the fuck. But in reality, they're, you know, reverse cowgirling all over the fucking property. So then they show up and then, the, you know, they're talking to the old man and he's weird and he's strange. He's got a gun, whatever. And in the window, you kind of see an old lady. Uh, and then, sure enough, as the story unfolds, the old lady uh, gets involved. I'm not going to say what. But she meets one of the actresses who comes into her house and in the actresses, the, you know, the, the porn chick is looking at the walls and there's pictures of this, of a younger woman uh, in ballerina gear or dancing or in like, and 
the older woman starts to explain that that's her. And she always wanted to be a dancer, but she was never able to leave where she was and she couldn't make it happen because of things that had happened. And, uh, and she's wistful. And I, I found myself tremendously sad for her you could, because she was sad. And, and it's yeah. me. It speaks to the level of performance by the actress to make me empathize with someone who is clearly insane and does insane things. Now, we don't know at this point that they're insane or doing insane things, yeah. but they're odd and they're in your personal space and they're weird. And she's touching like the younger girl's hair. But also I can see that that was this remorse coming through and this, this the overarching feeling of my youth is gone and I did not, and I never got to do what I wanted with it. And then she sees youth arrive and youth and beauty. And, uh, you know, both of these porn actresses look like a piece of fucking candy. I mean, they're beautiful. And so she then uh, is tormented by the past she never got to experience. And she sees their future and she's jealous. And so I, I, there's all this to me, rich subtext in what is essentially a slasher movie. Yeah. But other people watch it and just go, well, I, I need somebody to get a fucking ice pick in the eye. What's happening here? Like, why isn't this, you know? And I understand that. So I, I've i taken to saying when I see things and I'll just go, it's not for me. I told you, we yeah. talked about this on here yeah. many times because I can't say something sucks or something's terrible or whatever because everybody views things through their own prism. So I'm hesitant now to even recommend. Like when I recommended Mandy, you you weren't here, but I, I watched the movie Mandy yeah, and uh, with Nicolas Cage. And I, I told people about it. I'm like, you, you have to watch it. It's fucking insane. It's so good. And then people watched it and were like, yeah, I turned it off. Yeah, this is the movie you liked. And uh, I'm used to that response. I've gotten that before. I, I, I've told the story many times of Requiem for a Dream, which I thought was the best yeah. movie of that year. So Pat's wife went to watch it while we were working on a script. And then she came out of the fucking bedroom white as a sheet. And she just goes, that was your favorite movie of the year? I said, it's fucking phenomenal. It's, it's an amazing piece of work. And she's just like, I can't. I can't believe that was your favorite movie of the year because it's fucking bleak. It's terrible. And I like yeah. bleak. I like stuff that's, you know, that I, I don't necessarily like happy or tied things up in a happy ending. And so when I saw X, I, I had empathy for this character because I, and God, I'm, uh, is this boring? Tell me to shut up. No, it's not. In fact, I just watched a show on HBO with Steve Carell called the patient. And I felt the same way about it. I'm like, I absolutely loved it and hated it at the same time, but it was, it, it drew me in, in ways I didn't think it would draw me in. I think that's Apple TV. Uh, is it? It's no, because H- I don't have Apple TV. It's not HBO. Maybe it's Hulu. My, it is Hulu. You're exactly right. Okay. It's Hulu. Yeah. But I mean, I just watched that and I was just like, I can't believe how much I enjoyed this and how, I, again, I don't want to spoil it for anybody if they go see it and watch it. But I mean, the acting is incredible and the pathology behind it is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um. You know, and again, I mean, I don't empathize with people who commit murder in any way, shape or form. I don't empathize with a rapist. I don't empathize, but I understand that if we don't understand the pathology of what makes people do truly terrible things, we can never stop that. Right. And it's, it's funny what you said because Pat said the exact same thing. Like he, he just texted me and he's, he's just like, I don't, I don't feel bad for this fucking character at all. I don't feel bad for a killer and fucking da da. And was like, yes, but you do understand that like they came to this point in their life and something flipped broke. in their head. Yeah, like, something uh, they, broke. 
they wound up getting there because of these things, terrible choices. And, and they were, uh, it's, it's almost like you ever see this, this reminds me when I was a kid, you ever see the Lizzie Borden movie with Elizabeth Montgomery? Yes. Okay. Uh, Lizzie Borden took an ax and gave her father 40 wax. When she saw what she was done, she gave her mother for, or she gave her father 41. It's mother yeah. and father. Um, and so there was a, there was a show that actually was about the Lizzie Borden legend and it showed, it, it was funny because when I was a kid, all I knew was Lizzie Borden killed her parents with an ax. It was just the silly rhyme yeah. that I just said. But then I watched this movie as a ch- kid. I might've been 10. I'm going to guess. Uh, by the way, let's talk about Elizabeth Montgomery for a second. You know how fucking hot she was? Like I, I knew she was in Bewitched and I never, she was just in Bewitched, whatever the fuck. But then I, that was before I was like, Ooh, you know, when I was a kid, I, yeah. I didn't notice that kind of shit. But then now I see these like throwback photos of Elizabeth Montgomery and I'm like, oh my God, she was fucking astonishingly beautiful. Good Lord, yeah. was she hot. Um, so she's in the Lizzie Borden movie and there's a scene I will never forget. I, th- I think I've even, I might've even talked about it on the show. It's one of those things that just lives inside me. Uh, I probably did. You know what? Fuck this. I probably did. Cause remember when I told the story about my mom making us eat chicken soup every day? Yeah. Uh, she made a big pot and she kept, we'd come home, we'd see that pot in the oven and we'd be like, oh no. Oh, please. No, don't make us eat the fucking soup again. And again, my mom's a great cook. She made fucking fantastic chicken soup. But by the fifth day, you're like, oh, yeah. man, come on. Is there anything else at all? Jesus. Um, and that's what that's the origin story of being at the kitchen table. And uh, we're all quiet because my mom was furious. She was slamming cabinets. She was fucking mad about something that day. And uh, my mom's in the living room and just with her fucking booze and she's sitting on the couch and it's all quiet. And then Scott just goes, he's looking at Andy and we're eating the soup. We're making faces like, uh, and, uh, my brother Andy, because he's a fucking pussy. He just goes, uh, soup's real good, mom. (laughs) (laughs) And my brother Scott just goes, liar. He yelled it, yelled it at the table. And I, I, we fucking died and, and, but not loud. It was like, and my mom's like, what the fuck is going on in there? Nothing. Eating the soup, hating it. Uh, I'll never forget it. It was the fucking greatest loud fucking yell. Um, and this is going to lead me to tell the story, which I probably told in sequence before. I don't fucking care. There's a television show called soap. Yes. And in the show soap, uh, John Biner, and Robert Mandon. Robert Mandon played Chester, who's Jessica's husband. That's uh, yep. Catherine Hellman. And John Biner is a detective researching. He he was he was investigating the death of Peter Campbell, and then he wound up being in love with Jessica. And Chester had left Jessica, but now that John Biner wanted her, he wanted her back. Yep. Huge mess. So uh, John Biner and Chester, they're like, they're at each other's throats all the time, and so they would call each other names. They would just it was you have to see it. They would be this explosive. They were so angry. So they have to now go save. <laughs> their son from a cult called the Sunnies who are the Moonies. And it's, oh, uh, funny. it's Robert Guillaume who's Benson and it's, it's John Biner and it's Robert Mandon who's Chester. And then uh, the, 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 the major who is Catherine Hellman's father, but he's crazy. He thinks he's still in the war. He's bananas. Yes. So they lead, they go to invest. Oh, this is fucking taking too long. They go and they, they infiltrate the Sunnies uh, compound and they're they're trying to be super quiet. They have to be as quiet as possible. They have like I think they were they might actually be in blackface now that I think about it. I know Guillaume was, but I mean I, I think maybe uh, the other guys were too. But they've got black leather jackets, black gloves, black stocking caps, and they may literally be in blackface. And uh, they when they would argue when Chester would argue with Biner, 
it would because Biner was real small and Chester was a big dude, so it would always be like you, you shrimp, you ogre, you. It would always be small, big, yes. small, big, whatever. So they they invade the Sunnies compound and they're trying to stay as quiet as possible, and fucking I think Chester bumps into Biner, and Chester says, uh, "Watch it, watch it, midget." And then he goes, you watch it, you know, orc or whatever. And he goes, you stay out of the way. And there's, again, super quiet. And then Biner, he's he's just so, he's this is how mad he is. He just goes, hey, fat boy, <laughs> at the top of his lungs. <laughs> and they're trying to be as quiet as they possibly can in this compound. It's And it's one of the funniest fucking things I ever saw on television because he goes, he couldn't he couldn't handle it anymore. He's like, yes. fuck it. I hate you so much. I don't give a shit if we die here. Hey, fat boy. It's one of my favorite things ever. Because then the fucking guards come in and they catch they go up to Guillaume and uh he goes, he goes, What are you guys doing here? And he goes, We're the stepbrothers, where's the audition? <laughs> and the fucking guard who has a machine gun or whatever just goes, Audition here? And he goes, Oh, the audition's here. And they start dancing. <laughs> But I, it's the it's the oldest vaudeville joke ever. Yes. Audition here. Oh, the audition's here. It's fucking dude. Soap is an underrated show that should be watched by everybody. It should be shown in schools. It's so yes. fucking brilliant. Yes. God damn, it was great. It was. Um. <laughs> I so I, that's so anyway that got me into how did I get here? Soup, right? Soup. So Lizzie Borden, the fucking Lizzie <laughs> Borden show. Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery. They they had to make this. They had to keep making this pot of soup. Mutton. It was mutton soup. And like the, like whatever, like the end of the week. Cause again, this is back before refrigeration and shit. Yeah. So it's on the stove. It's just waiting to be heated up and they eat it all week. And finally they take the lid off. There's maggots in the soup. There's like maggots on the top of the soup and he makes the family eat it anyway. He's like, no, it's fine. We're eating it. Can't waste it. Right. They're protein. But watching it from that angle. Yeah. I had always thought of Lizzie Borden as like a, oh man, she's nuts. She killed her parents. What the fuck? And then when I saw the maggot soup, I'm like, you know, maybe people can be made to do things that they wouldn't normally do. Like, is that, that, to be honest with you, if you if you gave me maggot soup, I'm, you're getting an axe in the fucking head. It's happening. I'm just sorry. And that that is the thing where it was like, I remember the burning bed where it was the first time like that a woman was like, I'm, I'm done being abused by my husband. And people were like, well, we can't make victims of domestic abuse humanized because then they're going to be allowed to murder their you know what I mean? And yeah. that's what we have with with serial killers. A lot of people are like, you can't humanize them. They killed a bunch of people. And I'm like, but if, if we don't see the humanity in it and understand what broke, then the system keeps creating serial killers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the yeah. burning bed, if you don't know, was a movie Farrah Fawcett did. It was a television yeah. movie. And uh, and Farrah Fawcett wound up. Uh, she, she was abused. Yeah. All the time by her husband. And then she wound up taking matters into her own hands. And she said fire to him in the bed. Is yeah. what she did. So that's why it's called the burning bed. And I, and to be honest with you though, I'm, I'm not kidding. I think I saw more disclaimers during the burning bed than I did the day after. Like because they, yeah. they were so scared that women would go, Oh, we can fight back now. Oh, that's a good, that's yeah. cool. Again, uh, I, I say it all the time. It's, it, it's the story of that. You can't rape a prostitute because if they're selling sex, then, then they, they shouldn't have any right to say no, you can't rape a wife because if she's your wife, she's the, 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 the I'm going to get crazy if I start thinking about all of this, but yeah, it's, it, it's very hard to look at the humanity behind terrible things. Which leads me to this soup. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's, 
I how I felt about X. You know what I mean? And then uh, the movie Pearl came out, and uh, Pearl is the prequel to X. Now this is and this will sound antithetical. Uh, Pearl is the prequel to X. It came out after X, and you absolutely have to watch X before you watch Pearl. Okay. Uh, it it's just that's just the way it is. You you, it's it's done in in the the storytelling fashion. Watching X sets it up, and then Pearl brings it home. Even though Pearl is the prequel, it's so strange to explain. And uh, and so I might have like talked Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I guess so. Uh, the, that made me the purple laugh. strikes back way too hard. <laughs> that's funny. No, you're right. I never <laughs> even thought of it that way. Um, yeah, you have to watch Star Wars before you can watch any of the any of the new shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but in Pearl, I, I this actress name is Mia Goth. Have I talked about this here? I don't know. I don't know because I've talked me. about it. Yeah, that's the thing. I I, I feel bad because I talk on Twitch and then I talk to people and I forget what I've said. So I apologize, people, if I'm repeating myself, which I probably am, and I and and whatever the fuck. Well, I'm hearing um, it for the first time. So well, the movie talk Pearl, the, the the movie. <laughs> The movie Pearl is astonishing. It's it's incredible. Now, it's done in the, 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 the this director. I don't know anything about the, I didn't know anything about this director. I don't know anything about this fucking actress. I don't know anything about any of these people. Okay, it's directed by a guy named Ty West. All right, Ty West. He he. he I talked about him with Pat. Pat's like, have you ever seen The House of the Devil? And I'm like, I haven't. He goes, that's Ty West's movie. So I literally just I just watched it a week ago uh, for Halloween. I was like, all right, I'll watch a spooky show. If you haven't seen House of the Devil, you have to see it. It is it is a total throwback to eighties horror, like like scary horror, but without it's not slasher horror. How do I put right. it? It's um it has a it has a fucking Rosemary's baby vibe, it has an exorcist vibe, just that thing where like thunder and lightning are scary and uh hey, there's a noise in the other room, like a lot of that stuff. It's not it's not overt. Um and the 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 woman who is the lead actress in the house of the devil. I can't, of course, I don't know her name. Uh, this guy, Ty West, after seeing X and Pearl and the house of the devil, this guy has an absolute way with directing women. Like he, cool. he sees them and he knows how to bring out the best in them. Um, there there's, this will sound weird. There's strength in their vulnerability because what you want them, you're rooting for them. Right. You, also, you want them to be strong, but you also don't want them to stop being, because this, this girl, woman, actress in, in the house of the devil, she is, you, it's a throwback to the, Oh man, I want to protect this girl. Oh man. Right. I, I don't want anything bad to ever happen to her. There, she, there's a great uh, Rob, Roger Ebert. I've said this many times and I apologize. God, I, I just keep repeating myself. I feel like, my head is filled with just the same shit that I keep saying over and over. And I do apologize to you, the listener. And it's so ridiculous to do that in a podcast, whatever the fuck. Um, but it's one of my favorite references in that Roger Ebert says the whole key to silence of the lambs is the scene where Catherine Martin is singing Tom Petty in the car. Yes. He's like, the rest of the movie is the rest of the movie and it's brilliant. And the things they do, he goes, but you love her the second you see her because she's singing that in the car. You're like, Oh, that's me. I, I I know who this person is. She's she's my sister. She's my my friend. She's me. She's everybody. And you love her instantly. And it's the key to the rest of the movie. Because the, you know the rest of the movie, you'd be dispassionate about the great acting and stuff like that if there wasn't someone to save that you cared yeah. about. 
And I, I've thought about it ever since I read it. He's completely right. She's she, that's the linchpin because she's singing that Tom Petty song, a song which is glorious. And you have to sing every time it comes on. It's just, it's just fucking beautiful. Oh man. In the house of the devil, there's a scene where this girl is in, is in the house of the devil. Uh, she doesn't know yet that it's the house of the devil. She's just babysitting. She's coming to, she's coming over. Well, she gets hired for a babysitting job. And then they're like, yeah, no, it's actually uh, our elderly mother. And, uh, you know, she's probably going to stay in her room all night. So you don't even have to worry about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure she will. Great. Uh, so I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. But they leave. The couple leaves. And by the way, the, the, the dad is Tom Noonan, who is the killer from Manhunter. He's the fucking tooth fairy. He's just a creepy dude anyway. And he's and it's uh, and Mary Warrenoff is the wife. You know, Mary Warrenoff from yeah. Ian Raul. Yeah. Fucking amazing. So they leave to go to their party and leave her alone in this gigantic fucking house of the devil. But she doesn't know it's the house of the devil. She just knows it's a giant creaky mansion. So she goes to look around the house and she puts on her, she's got her Walkman and her earbuds because it's set in 1983, I think, or 82. And she hits play. And uh, one thing leads to another by the fix plays. And it's this, uh, oh my God, my throat just made a noise. Um, and, it, and it just goes, because it opens with this foot, foot, the second yeah. you hear it you're like oh my god and it it fills the the movie and she's dancing she's walking around this creepy house and dancing and like kind of like looking around and you're like i i don't ever want any harm to come to this person i don't want anything <laughs> bad she's she's everything i want to wrap into a swaddling cloth and protect she's, she's yeah. and you and you like her before that anyway because she's she's a she's a, a junior or whatever at the college or even a sophomore yeah. And you, but she, and she embodies a lot of women when they're in movies and they're in college, they're looked upon. Uh, and again, I don't know what I'm saying here. You can correct me if I'm wrong. What I assume to be the male gaze. Yes. Because they are they're in college. So inevitably they have that. I'm sexy. I'll wear a crop top or whatever like that. That sort of yeah. thing. The best movies are the ones who just treat them like people. They're just a student. It's a person. It's the, it's the stereotype that they've gone to college to find a husband. Yeah, or, or just to, or to have a bunch of sex or to, yes. you know, whatever. Yeah. They can't They can't just portray a woman as being smart and self-sufficient and joyful and happy with themselves. Or someone who just likes to sit on a park bench and read a book and smoke a cigarette. Yep. And then maybe, you know what I mean? She's a person. Yeah. She's just, she's not, yeah. you don't see them as a, a woman. They're a student. And she embodies that in this movie. She's. Her, her roommate is a fuck machine. So she's like, she comes, there's a sock on her doorknob and she's like, oh, it's, I got to get in there. And she leaves and she's holding her books and it's cold. So she's got like a coat on, but she's, she's very, I mean, she's very attractive and also appears to be kind of vulnerable, but she's just also, she cares about her studies. You know what I mean? She yep. just, she's, and then she goes out to pizza with her friend and they're just sitting there eating a piece of pizza while the jukebox plays. And they're just talking about class. And, and I mean, it's, they're people and, and they're portrayed yep. as people. It's not some, there's no boyfriend issue. There's no this or that. There's no, oh my God, I, I, he might like me. It's just a story of a woman who happens to be a student who happens to be a woman. You know what I mean? It's just fucking, I, I, I dug the way he portrayed her. It was just really great. So in, in Pearl, the women are sexualized because they're going to be porn people. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then he, but then he also finds a way to empower a woman in that construct. I, and I don't, I don't, well, fuck it. I'm just going to look guys. If you haven't seen X, I'm just going to tell you there's a camera guy and he's all excited to be a cinematographer. And he's like, yeah, do this and pose this way and stuff. And he brings his girlfriend. She's holding the boom mic. She's a little uncomfortable about being on a porn set. 
Uh, but you know, she's kind of dealing with it and stuff. Then they wind up having a conversation. She starts asking some questions about this and that and the other thing. And, uh, and I, I I don't want to get into it, but then she finally just goes, uh, I'll be in a scene. Hmm. And her cameraman boyfriend who was all about porn and it's the new wave and we're going to make all this money. It's going to be great. He just goes, what? And she's like, yeah, I would do it. And, and the, the guy producing, it just goes, great. Let's, you know, all right. That, and the cameraman's like, you're not doing that. And she, and, and she's just like, no, I, why not? You just said it's just, a, it's acting. And it's this really, as a man, I can tell you it's extremely uncomfortable because you're like, if I was that dude, I would probably be doing the exact same thing that he's doing right now, where I'd be like, uh, no, and we're not, do- I, I, I don't think that's, you know what I mean? Like you just be, cause I've, again, I've been in a situation like that in a swing club where it was like, Hey, let's go upstairs. And I'm like, we don't have to go upstairs. If you don't want to, you know what I mean? Like all that yeah. came out of me at the wrong fucking moment. Um, but to see this dude, like just pivot and he's just like, no, I don't, yeah. I don't want you. And she's just like, no, I'm, and then, you know, they, I'm not going to tell you what they decide, but he leans on her pretty heavily to not do it. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, but he, but the director in my mind, it adds to the story, but also he yeah. empowers that girl to go just from being the mousy boom. I think they even call her mousy uh, boom. mic chick to go and Hey, I, I would like to own my sexuality here because it's just yeah. acting and we're, we're empowering everybody. So let's do it. Cause, and, and then she, in, and it's great. It's a great moment because he lets her have her, she becomes, she seizes uh, he her. He lets her. <laughs> the, the, the director, the director. Yes, he, yes. he gives her autonomy. He gives her he the gives opportunity, her yes. The character. I'm not saying he yes. does it for women in general. No, no, no. I'm just saying, yes. It's, yeah. You know, if you want to do something, you should be allowed to do it on your own merit. So, yeah, right. I agree. Well, but that's what I'm saying. As the director, he yeah. allows the person that choice. Yeah. Like she, she plants her flag and says, I want to do this. And the boyfriend's like, fuck, you're, no, you're not doing that or whatever. So he... And again, I could be woefully wrong and he could wind up knuckled deep in some fucking starlet later and get <laughs> sued. I don't fucking know. But I, as far as the movies that I've seen so far, I think he kind of has a a unique understanding into female characters that you don't often see. Yes. So that's well, why they become that, more they become more three dimensional to me. And that's great. Certainly. Yeah. So then in per, and then in, I, I didn't know anything about Ty West and I didn't know anything about Mia Goth, who is in X she's she's one of the starlets who winds up you know one of the porn chicks and she's the porn girl that winds up in the house that the old lady kind of attaches to and they sit down to talk and they have a discussion at the kitchen table and then the, you know they and then the the porn girl gets a little weirded out because it gets really strange you know because the old woman has you know obviously something's up uh, and it wasn't until the end of X that I saw the credits and I realized that Mia Goth is both characters. Wild. Mia Goth, Mia Goth is the porn person, but she's also, the, she's the elderly woman in the, in the cast. And I, it blew me away. Cause I'm like, I, I, I don't know anything about this woman. I don't know Mia Goth. I've never heard of her. And then I Google her and I find out she's Shia LaBeouf's husband. Our wife, I should say. <laughs> I like that she's Shia LaBeouf's husband <clears throat> better. She could be. <laughs> She could play both. I'm telling you. And then I watched Pearl and, and again, having, I don't know anything about her. I don't know anything about Ty West, but clearly this woman is his muse and she trusts him in a way that maybe she wouldn't trust another director or she's just an unbelievably phenomenal performer, unique in every way. 
because the two of them created the character of Pearl and then they wrote the script and they, so they worked together. They wrote the whole script while they were working on X. He formulated the idea for this fucking three movie arc for these characters. That's amazing. And Pearl is set in 1918, maybe, uh, or possibly, I think. And it, it deals with the character from X, the, the older woman. And it's set in the same house. Uh, and it's that woman as a younger woman. I and can't wait see, to see these. Yeah. Dude, I, I want to watch them with you. I'm serious. Like I, I, cause we again, can zoom and watch movies together. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's do it right now. Goodbye, everybody. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we do that on Twitch sometime? <laughs> no, I, you can do that. Yeah. There are, there are viewing parties on yeah. Twitch. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I just should, don't know. We should set up a viewing party for it for everyone to join us. And I don't know. If, I don't know if you can do it with newer <laughs> movies though. They have a list of movies like that are the Amazon provides actually because they have because yeah, I know. I'm, I'm on Twitch. I'm <laughs> well, no, I mean, dude, I've streamed wrestling before, but I can't show it. I would just do play by play and talk about it while it was on. But that was a bust. I got like eight people showed up and they fucking that's hated it. That's not a bust if eight people show up. Yeah, they didn't, but they didn't like it. So that's even more of a bust. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Hey, easy. We can't do that to the viewer or the listener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll reserve that for my ex-husband. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so so Pearl is, I like I, if you're going to watch it, I, I, I don't want to give anything away, but it has, there, there's, I, I don't know who Mia Goth is. Again, I guess I, I found out she was in the Suspiria remake. Uh, she I'm was looking in, her up. Like, well, no, I Googled her. I found out all about her. But at the time when I watched these movies, I didn't know who she was. And now she she may be, and she's not maybe, she's one of the most talented actors I've ever seen in my life. I I was shocked by it. I, I And it didn't surprise me, actually, to find out that she had some sort of tangential connection to Shia LaBeouf because he's fucking bananas. And so he cares a lot about his acting and, and fucking investing in it and being that guy who becomes the character. And, uh, you know, everybody does a fake Brando thing. You know what I mean? Where they just go ahead. Oh no, I'm that guy. I'm this guy. I'm, you know, they, they become the, like Daniel Day Lewis where he was Daniel Plainview on set and fucking mean to everybody the entire fucking time or bill the butcher. Those are great stories where he was yeah. Bill the butcher on the set of gangs in New York and people fucking hated him. They were like, God damn it. We just want to go out and have fucking beers, man. Just fucking drop the mustache. What the fuck? <laughs> But that's not how he does it, and that's why he's got three fucking Oscars, I think. Uh, what did he win? He went for there will be. He won for there will be blood, and he won for Lincoln. Did he win again? I think. I think. He, I can't I think remember. He, had, he might have three Oscars. I don't know, but he retired. Whatever the fuck. And then I found out that he's a fucking. He's like great friends with Adam Sandler, and I was like, what the fuck? It just seems like such a weird pairing. But then you're like, well, no, Adam Sandler's incredibly talented too. He just chooses to make what he makes because it makes him happy. But then he does Uncut Gems or Punch Drunk Love, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's a fucking monster. He's a fucking amazing actor. Uh, and he is, he is very much a bipolar actor in the sense of the way he chooses roles. Because he's either borderline simplistic or deeply complex in characters. And it's very, very weird. Yeah, well, but also he, he, he's worth $500 million. So if he decides, hey, man, let's spend two months in fucking Hawaii making a movie with Spade and Schneider, and they're like, cool. And he, he takes care of his friends, and he does yeah. that kind of... I mean, yeah. ideally, it's so funny. Like, I, I, Adam Sandler has the, the career you dream of. 
You know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh my God, he makes this garbage. He makes this, he makes that. And it's like, yeah, he can do whatever the fuck he wants whenever he wants. And when but he wants to- that's not the career you dream of. That's the money you dream of. No, no, no. He has the career you dream of. He can do whatever project he wants to do. And he makes these movies with his friends so he can hang out with his fucking friends. But then- but when that's not to, what I dream of for a career. But then when he wants to Milton Berle it and just pull out enough to win, he can go ahead and make an uncut fucking gems. You know what I mean? He's he's yeah. incredibly talented. And and I I I that's fine that's what you don't dream of yeah. in a career. Yeah. I hear you. That's fine. I I feel that as a performer, the ability to pick and choose any project you want to do ever and do it and or not do it and and then take on one prestige project maybe a year or every two years just because to, to show what you can do and stretch yourself. And, and also you love your wife and you, you've got, you know, beautiful. Yeah. Kids. And I mean, it's, it's, that's, but life. I don't want a wife and kids. I don't want kids. I don't want those things. Then none of those things, but, but what I'm saying is when you look at it and you're like, even when you said about your friend, Pat, he's got a house and a wife and kids and a pool and all the things you want. I don't want any of those things. But he has happiness because of them. You would have the thing if you had the things that made you most happy. I, I get what you're trying to say, but for me, the that that part is not money is just a means to do things, and some of the things that I see rich people do, I laugh at hysterically. There's, I mean, yeah, but there's different levels of rich. I mean, yeah, you can be like Elon, the fucking <laughs> Elon, the fucking fucking douchebag, motherfucker, cock sucking dick. I'll say yeah. it for you. All right. <laughs> Um, I know you don't want to be mean. No, I just because I'm going to hear notes from people who are like, you saved the world and invented it space or whatever the fuck. And I'm, he didn't yeah, he save invented... the world. He didn't invent space. He spent $44 billion to charge people $12 a month or $8 a month to make a stupid thing. Literally, he could have solved world hunger. They gave him a plan. And instead, he spent $44 billion to own something so he could say penis on the air. I mean, I just yeah. he's the worst. This I, I agree. But but that's what I'm saying is you can't judge rich people through his actions yet you just said rich people make you you think they're terrible and hilarious whatever the fuck i i get that i i know what you're saying some of them are awful but then most like sandler's not destroying the world like i said he's just he's oh he's he happy. is with his humor <laughs> oh stop see i don't that's the thing is i can't if if people i don't <laughs> that know that made it's me the, laugh the whole fucking the whole way of life is is falling apart in front capitalism of our eyes is awful capitalism <laughs> is the problem because if we didn't have capitalism we wouldn't have super rich people who were doing stupid and terrible things all the time let me ask you something. and we yeah. wouldn't have poor people doing stupid and terrible things because they can't afford health care you got a, you have a lot of physical issues you've got a you're in a yeah. wheelchair sometimes you want to stand in a line for bread? What the fuck are you talking about over there with you? I already saying? stand in a line for bread. What? I already have to give my I have to give my bank statements and my income statements to the state of California so they can decide whether or not I get $280 a month in help to eat. I already stand in lines. I have to verify my income every year so that I can make sure that I still get health care coverage. So you say this now. But when you are rich, you're going to want all of these tax cuts and tax breaks that are in there. So I think you should support them now because I will never sense. be rich. I, ha I have a lottery ticket for the one point two billion dollars tomorrow night. I went and spent two dollars on it because I'm like, two dollars is not going to change my life. So I'm going to go spend two dollars. And if I win a billion dollars and my take home after taxes and all of that in a lump sum is, you know, three hundred and ninety million dollars. 
literally my friend said to me would you buy a new house and i'm like no i would keep renting and they're like no you wouldn't and i'm like yeah i would although i would bring in a shed in the back so that i could move stuff out and i would hire someone to cook that is the only thing i would do that's insanity why is that insanity why would you keep renting? i have a roof you... over my head so buy a roof over your head and then it's why yours. do i need to buy a roof over my head there's an existing roof and it works really well and i like my roommates yeah but the, all right fine i isn't part of capitalism is woeful landlords are evil um well people who own 45 houses and and exploit the poor are evil i literally would be like i have all of this money now what do my friends need I, I mean, I would come to you and I would say, Mike, do you want to buy a house or do you want your rent paid for the next 10 years in a new car? Well, all right. Since we're, if we're going to do this, if we're going to wish cast. First of all, let me talk it's, about this. It's not wish cash. No, it's, it is. What, no, it's I, life planning. It's wish casting because it's the whole, if I, if I won this, this is what I would do. Believe me, I have, this, this is the thought that it's the final thought that takes me to sleep. When I, when I go to sleep at night, it's going to sound terrible and pathetic and sad and anything else you want to say. I literally go through the steps of what would happen from the moment I won, what I would do, who gets what, where it goes, what I would, you know what I mean? Like, and it, it takes me, that's what I fall asleep to. I wow. don't count sheep. I count, I count winning the lottery and who I would help. Seriously. I, I That is capitalism at its worst, unfortunately, because you're lulled to sleep by the idea that you could somehow win your way into some sort of um reliability or stability because that's uh, all money is a stability yes and then stability yeah. is it's crucial it, well, it's incredibly crucial so here's I would the help. thing i couldn't work my way into into a hundred thousand dollars at this point because my body is physically broken right so if you won this gigantic parachute you would you would be stable and yeah but you, but but my life isn't going to be made any better by a million dollars worth of comfort, much less a billion. It my life matter. is it... never going to be substantially better than I have a roof over my head and I can sleep in my couch a little bit better. And maybe I'll have a little more doctor's care where I don't have to fight to get a test and I can get a little more blood work done to figure out if it really is mast cell activation on top of POTS or if it's just an allergic reaction. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... We disagree there because I, I think stability is, would be the absolute key to having a better life because you would just you to never I have stability have to worry. now. I have a roof over my head. But but there's that's my basic. My basic needs are being met. I have food on my table. I have a roof over my head. It's a pain in the ass to get there because I can't physically work the way other people do. So I have to rely on systems in place that are set up to keep me poor and hungry. Yeah, I, I don't. I think we're a million past. dollars would not make my my life physically better. Well, I mean, your health it would. You'd have better health care, so your health would be not under... necessarily. Boy. I still have TMJ. Even if I get my teeth fixed, I still have TMJ. Yeah, we disagree on this. Um, I, I so, don't... so for me, that kind of money is, you know, how you know, first thing I would do. Is I would fucking go figure out how to fix water in 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 uh, Detroit. 
Well, that's not the first thing I would do, but it would be on the list. It is, of it is on the top of to my do. list. It is on the top of my list is to go, who right. has a plan and how do we fund it? Because if the government isn't going to do it, I will, because these people should not be having to bring in water from the outside. It's insane. And that's noble. Like I said, it's, it's something that I would absolutely have to look at. <laughs> I look at but Caruso. I would also I would take care of family and friends instantly. Like that would be the well, first. Oh, that, that's a given. It's like, what do you need? What do you need? And, and the question is, is it better for you to have your rent paid for the next 10 years so that you can figure it out and get your life together? Or do you want a house that comes with a mortgage payment and insurance and homeowner's insurance and taxes and all of those things? Because again, for an artist, if my house is paid for, and or if my rent is paid for and I'm not worried about that and I have unlimited supplies at, at Blick or wherever you want to go buy your art supplies, does that make you feel safe enough to work on your art to get better at it and sell it or get better at it and be happy that you have it? Because to me, that's what's important. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to necessarily be rich. I just don't want to be fucking, you know, uh, making sure that I'm not going to die on the streets if I have some sort of small thing yeah i don't uh i look at caruso and i'm gonna i'm gonna bitch for a minute caruso is a developer in california who switched from being republican to a democrat in order to run and he spent over six million i think it is right now to buy becoming the mayor of los angeles and he is running by saying i'm a builder and i know how to fix public housing for homeless people and i'm like you know, you could have spent six million dollars and just, um, I don't know, built an apartment complex to house people. But you don't want to fix homelessness. You want power. Because with power comes more kickbacks and more money. You're not solving a problem by becoming mayor at all. Yeah, but but I would say that about anybody who is running for public office and paid a, an exorbitant amount to do it. That's all they want is the power part of it. And and that that's why Elon Musk bought Twitter. It wasn't because he wants to make Twitter a safe space for the world to go out and say terrible things. He I, bought it because he thought it would be cool and it would piss off a few people that that embarrassed him. Yeah, he's he's a fuckhead. I mean, we know this. I mean, he just he Jeff got no Bezos. Fight. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that he he got it made me laugh that. It went around yesterday that there was going to be it was going to be twenty dollars to have your check mark still on yeah. Twitter, and uh, and I laughed. I was like, "That's the that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard." I I can't believe anyone would give him dollar one, you know, because when you go to Twitter, Twitter is a platform, okay, yep. and the product is me. Yeah, literally, I am I'm the product. Every user on Twitter is the product. That's what's being sold. Yep. So why would I, as the product, ever give you money to be the product in your platform? It it's like when I even even saying it again, and I'm not I'm not smart. Okay, I'm not I'm not claiming I'm a genius, tech genius, smart guy, whatever the fuck. But it's like when I used to do open mics and they said, Hey man, you gotta buy a drink if you want to do five minutes. And I'd go, <laughs> okay, well see you later. And I'd fucking leave. And now people will be like, well, that's why you're at a desk now talking into a fucking microphone. Whatever the fuck. I don't care. You can point your fingers any way you fucking want to. But I wasn't about to fucking pay to be to be on your for five minutes for fucking it's for something that would not advance me or help me or work at all. Now, look, 
10 years ago, 12 years ago, people were getting jobs off Twitter. People were getting yes. writing jobs and TV jobs and it was a different platform. But now it's a fucking, it's a hurricane. It's, it's, yes. it's literally like saying, Hey man, I'll sell you, you know, a, here's a towel in a hurricane. If you, if with this fucking check mark, it doesn't matter. There's so many voices now, none of that. Matters. So then he puts out the thing about it's the 20 bucks. And then Stephen King is like, you ought to fucking pay me. I will leave. I don't care. Yes. I'll be fucking gone. And no, and no cute, because this is another thing. Twitter is buried in cute, and Twitter is always buried in, <laughs> uh, hey, y'all, I can't, I can't imagine that, you know, all that bullshit where everybody frames something stupid. To, and Stephen King was just like, I'll fucking leave. You should pay me to be here. And then Elon Musk saw, saw that from a guy who's, in, you know, got a million followers or whatever, and just goes, well, hey, wait a minute. We, Twitter as a platform has to survive. What about $8? And people saw that as like, because there are people now who always will make excuses for people who step on their dicks. Elon Musk fucked up by thinking that people would pay 20 bucks. So then when he saw Stephen King, because he saw a day full of people going, fuck you. And then finally Stephen King's like, fuck this. I'll leave. You should pay me. Cause I, and that was the first time I ever saw anybody say, you should fucking pay me to be here. Okay. Yes. And then Musk was like, well, no, what about eight bucks? And there are people like, ah, see, this is smart. He always wanted it to be eight. But he said 20 because it wanted to, he ginned up outrage and now he'll give he looks like he's giving people a break and i'm like fuck you and your fear of loss of gain telemarketing fucking double speak he wanted it to be 20 people shit in his fucking mouth yeah and went, oh yeah no what about eight when he saw the because now he thinks because like now he wants to try to look like a benevolent good guy and supposedly now the the eight bucks gets you a check mark and access to things that other people don't have and i'm just like then why was anybody, why would anybody be here? The whole point of it was, it was quote unquote, a democratic expression of free ideas in a town center. The, the man who wanted to give freedom is now charging for it. That's the other thing that I think is hilarious. His whole thing was it should be freedom of speech. No, it's now paid speech. Listen, it's man, now paid speech. If you guys want freedom of speech, you just have to give $8 a month to the richest man in the world. That's right. Makes sense, right? Yep. I I'm shocked by it. And I'm even more shocked by like I have a, I have a friend that it, we were talking about it and he was like, I might pay five bucks a month. And I'm like, what? And I said, you're the product. Why would you ever pay to do what? To say no. you liked a movie and have people see it or to, to engage with who? It doesn't make any fucking sense to pay a dime, a, not a dime. Again, with AOL, you were paying for the connectivity to the internet and they provided a community for you as well. But you were paying for connectivity. It was a utility through AOL. Yeah. Um, Twitter Twitter does nothing but serve ads and let you talk to people. It, it is it is it's it's a town square that you now have to pay to be verified in. And the reason that people were verified in the first place was because people were pretending to be other people. Oh. So it was a security issue. Twitter is a conduit. It gets it gets my voice to somebody else's ears, possibly. So you know who's really pissed off about this? The family of Alexander Graham Bell. Because they're like, hey, man, we should get a fucking dime for every telephone conversation anybody's ever fucking had. Do you remember the bullshit with the post office for that? Uh-uh. Five cents an email. Because they were losing money on letters. Really? That's what everyone kept saying that the government was going to do, was charge five cents for an email. Write the postmaster general. It was insane. Everybody's insane. Everybody's crazy. And I, I, I can think of no, like if he implements that pay thing, to me, then the check mark now has 
the complete opposite effect. It just points out that you're a sucker. It literally, it's just, it just, it's this weird scarlet letter that you can shit money away because you what want to rant into space. Like, I don't, I don't fuck me, man. I look, cause again, I will say this. I think Twitter was a miracle. Remember in the beginning, I fucking hated. it. I didn't join it for yeah. two years, three years. Yeah. I was like, this is the dumbest fucking thing ever. People photographs a lunch, whatever the fuck, blah, blah, blah. And then I started to read it and I was like, holy shit, this is real time. This is fucking stuff yeah. happening in real time. I was, I was jazzed. Cause again, I'm all about immediate. I'm all about finding out. I'm all about, let's do this. And to be able to, you know, I'm watching a police chase in Peru. And then I'm over here watching people protesting in fucking New York. And then I'm watching uh, a squirrel and a dog uh, go ahead and have fallen in love. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, it was amazing. It was a miracle to me, but it's, it's not a miracle. If you're going to make somebody pay 20 bucks to possibly no. be heard or seen, it's, it's, it's another grift. They're all, it's all a grift, all of it, everything. And I can, about- if he were charging $8 so that you had better services, I guess that's okay. But but the idea that you can buy verification right now is literally just another classist piece of of Well, the thing today, he claimed that the $8 will also give you access to all these different things and all this different yeah. stuff and then I'm just like I I well so what? I I don't know. The people waste enough time on there. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and now you're going to get some you're in a special club or a group or I don't because yeah. look I'm uh, I, full disclosure I'm verified and when it happened I was happy I was like this is great and I, I've had it for you know six years or whatever the fuck easily no even more than longer than that it was one of the first things I did when I yeah. when I joined and that was a value you could verify I joined I did and I got verified I was like this is awesome and it's because people can't clone you they can't go ahead and be yep. your account they can't do all these different things it made complete sense but also look man there was cachet in it i was like oh someone recognizes that i have a show and that i'm a comedian and that yeah. i'm i'm someone to be listened to on this platform possibly um but in the ensuing years like i'll, I'll see somebody now they're verified and i'll click on them and they they're following four thousand people and they have 2500 followers and and so I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought this was supposed to be for people, but it's in reality, maybe they are somebody. I just don't know. Maybe they choose yeah. the south. But usually, when you see an account that has 2,500 followers and is following 4,500 people, those are the maniacs. Those are the people yeah. who they they tweet fucking 40 times a day. And and but they just- allow they allow celebrity and politicians and pundits and journalists and you know. So it went from verifiable people of substance to anyone that can say that they have a strong wikipedia page to i tried to get verified uh several years ago and i had a couple you know and they were like you don't have a wikipedia page and i was like yeah i don't you're right i but i gave them 12 articles of news that that i had been in and three films of documentaries that i had been in and they said no and i was like okay well that's a weird verification process because i i am someone within my industry which is what it's supposed to be um, but again, I, I, I'm sitting here going, I could get verified for $96. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And I, I wonder, like, I've often thought that there had to be somebody who worked there who knew who I was. You uh, have who, a verifiable podcast. You have a verifiable But I don't have a Wikipedia page. IMDb. Have, you have a verifiable yeah. TV. You know, those are all things that go, yes, you're absolutely who, who you say you are. And you have a, you have a big presence overall oh i will say that uh since he took over i've lost 65 followers 
And I, I only know that because I was close to 4,000 followers. And again, this that these are numbers that are fucking nothing. There was I'm, there was a bot removal. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, lost, I lost a chunk. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, that's interesting. And then yesterday I told you all day I couldn't see any responses to yeah. anything. for. Uh, and it would happen for an hour. And then we, they would come back for five minutes and they were gone for like two hours. It was very, very strange. A lot of... A lot of ghosts in the machine over there at Twitter. I don't know. You know what? I should give them eight bucks. I bet that would fucking straighten this out right away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when your Apple Watch, when they, you have to upload, or like my new, I, this happened with my iPhone. I have an iPhone 10, and now the 14 came out, and now my iPhone 10, the battery's all, like literally I'll lose 25% of my battery in 10 minutes of, of, of scrolling. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And then it was this degraded battery. You need to get it fixed or upgrade to it. And I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And now my laptop's starting to do it. Right now my Ap laptop- Apple has been sued, I don't know how many times for throttling how power is yeah. used so that my, you run out of power fast. My laptop now only goes to 93%. Like when I it's plugged in or whatever, I'll open up in the morning. It's been on all night and I'll open yeah. it up 93. I'm like, come on, what are you doing to me? Fuck. No batteries go bad. I mean, they do. But well, yeah. when, uh, all right. Well, when you win the Powerball, you have to get me uh, a, a new iPhone and a new laptop. That's very I, important. I would, I would do that for everyone I know, and I would put them all on my plan so it's paid for. Yeah, but you only have to do it for me because you like me more than them. But, but Mike, this is the thing: money should make your life easier. It shouldn't put you in a situation where you're more stressful. I, dude, I, I, th again, I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. I don't think it's gonna be stressful at all. If I win, if I were to win some fucking huge amount of money. I, I, all right, I, I'll tell you specifically, literally, I have eight people that I know who would get a million dollars each if I won like the big fucking crazy amount. Yeah. Those, and those people would get their money and then I would buy a house in a place where I wanted to buy a house. I wouldn't buy a palace or a mansion or 8,000 acres. I would buy a nice house with stuff that I wanted. And then after that, it would be, who are we helping? I would spend yeah. days funding GoFundMe's. I would be, I would just be giving money to those classrooms who need fucking pencils. And I mean, I would, that's, I, I would, I have people I know who are financial people and I would say, okay, tell me what I needed to do to keep this churning. And then I would just do everything I could to help yeah. everybody I could, that there would be no reason. I'm not buying 10 cars. I would travel some, yeah. you know what I mean? But also you're, I, I literally, in my brain, I was like, this will sound really ridiculous. You know, Don, I remember Don Imus. Yeah. Don Imus had a fucking ranch for like troubled kids. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I would, all I would want to do is I would want to build a fucking place where kids and pets could go meet. Like all, it would just be all dogs and cats, whatever. And, and, and children getting to spend like a week at a petting zoo, hanging out with them and their parents. Not, I don't want fucking kids. I'm not fucking Michael Jackson, but I'm saying like, yeah, families no, I, could come yeah. and just, just anything to just bring joy. I would go to children's hospitals and just give them all anything they want. What do you guys want? Everything. Here it is. Here's everything you ever wanted. I would just, I would be the Santa Claus of joy forever until I had nothing left. I would be boosters yeah. millions until everything was gone. So it would not let, it would not add any stress. And I would not be like, I need to get a Mercedes. I'd fuck all that. Like I'd probably keep my car. And I like you, I thought to myself, would I stay in my apartment? Because I do like my apartment very much. And I like where I live and it's centrally located and all that stuff. And I go, no, nah, I've never owned a house. So I would want to own a house. But after that, man, it here's what comes with owning a house though. Getting I, a landscaper, landscaper. I know this. I having believe. a cook, having a clean. Cause Eddie's yes, like, well, we can a get a bigger house. And I'm like, are you going to clean it? Cause I can't. And he's like, well, we would have money to hire somebody. And I'm like, I don't want to spend my money to pay someone to clean toilets I don't use. I have somebody cleaning my apartment you know what I for mean? fuck's sake. I, I, I would have no problem hiring somebody to clean my fucking house because, again, I'm helping them. I would, yeah. I would fucking hire a private chef. 
Uh, I would have a trainer, you know, those, those, those sorts of things I would yeah. do. Those are indulgences I would, I would seek. Um, I would have concubines. Certainly I'd have 10 or 15 concubines who lived on site and would do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted them to. Perhaps they would, you know, I don't know, just involve themselves in sort of human dog pile every hour on the hour, whatever the fuck I needed, I would have. Would you go like uh, uh, Hugh Hefner? Would you just like get a mansion and move oh, a bunch of women in? Just a fucking robe. Just walk around. Just And I would constantly have like the three blonde chicks with me at all times, dude. Unbelievable. <laughs> you just would trying. be Mr. Blonde and blonde and blonde and blonde. That's it. That's me. Mr. Blonde and blonde and blonde and blonde. And please <laughs> someone valet all of our Carmen Gias. We have uh, an appointment to keep. We have broth to consume. Our fucking Look, chef is making fucking crudite. I have no problem with uh, paid relationships in any way, shape, or form. And if you like found a couple women who are like, "Hey, you want to travel with me periodically?" and then you can like go whatever you want and do whatever you want to do on your off time. I don't think anything wrong with that at all. I, I, you know, again, we all we all do what we want to do, and that's that's what's all. All cool. I would want to do is make people happy, and yeah. and again, like you know. Toys for Tots was such a big thing when I was a kid. I, I can still, I, the, one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever received was Battling Tops. I got it from from there. It was just because it was a, we were in a, in a high school gymnasium or cafeteria and you had to go pick up, they called a number, a lottery number. You went up and got a gift and it felt so special. It felt so, yeah. you know what I mean? Even though it was under the most disgusting fluorescent lighting in the world and and it just, it just, you know, you had to wade through clouds of poor to go and find a seat. I understand, but th- no one should ever have to be sad. But I don't but see. I don't. I want to. I want to kill that system. I think that the Salvation Army and Goodwill have commodified being poor in ways that makes me nauseous. Now I and I hear what you're saying, and I've in my old age, I've discovered these things. I, I told you, yeah. I used to, I used to recycle all the time. And then I had a friend who told me, who directed me to a few things that I read and I realized I was doing literally nothing. And, and if not consumer, re- consumer recycling is um, a pat on the back, feel better about yourself because the majority of what happens to our climate is not consumer use. Yeah. I, but I didn't, Yeah, to me, I was just like, all right, this is, I'm making it. I wasn't patting myself on the back. I was like, all right, this is a good thing. You to thought do. you were making a huge difference. You're making a minuscule difference. Well, well not, not huge. I, I look, I know I have grandiose ideas of myself in other areas, but I don't think I'm saving the fucking planet with water bottles. I know that, but I thought I was doing the right thing. That's all. It it didn't have to be huge or anything. But then it turned out that not only was it maybe not the right thing, it may have actually been hurting. Like you shouldn't be using plastic at all. Like you should, there's all these different things. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. That's what I'm saying. When you see everything gets stripped away to it's, it's all the facades being stripped away and getting to the guts of it, getting to the bones of it. You're just like, nothing's good. Nothing's good. Capitalism is terrible. And I like capitalism. Don't get me wrong. I I love the idea that anyone could create something and sell it, but 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 the 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 tip of of top-down rich uh pressure on the scales is just too high to make an actual difference. You hate you hate capitalism. Mm, yes, but I also how do love you, it. How do you feel about the hockey team, the Washington Capitals? Oh, I, 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 I thought that was made up of the letters of all of the states. Oh. I didn't realize. That. <laughs> How do you feel about the improv group, the Capital Steps? <laughs> I think they're very silly. Yes, and 
his end. Uh, <laughs> but the reality of it is there's a real difference that you can make within your community. And when you have the money to do that, I have a friend who's like, I've started sponsoring shows um, and I don't get anything from it because I don't have something to sell, but I still feel like I'm facilitating art. I would love to open several artist colonies. You know, my friend does this thing called Burley Cares, and it is for um, it was originally for retired burlesque performers, but now it's everybody. And they do. You know, they just raised a bunch of money to fix up a trailer so someone has a home that they can live in and are comfortable with running water, sewer and garbage now, you know, and you just go, those are things that are important to me. I wouldn't house them in a box, but I would absolutely go, how do we help this person get a new water heater? How do we help this? Because, again, most of us are living where one major problem and we're we're a paycheck away from being homeless. You wouldn't house them in a box? I would not. Would you house them with a fox? No. Okay, just checking. You know that was my wedding ceremony from my first wedding. God, I'm stupid. I, I did know that. <laughs> that was one of the reasons I brought it up. Uh, you want to tell? You want to tell people that, or you want to? No. All right. Again, you know, accountability. I met my second husband at my first wedding. I am not a role model. When you when you tell the story and you look at it that way, it's not good. The reality of it is I should have known my second husband was going to cheat. Well, I can't. What a surprise. To, you I know? can't relate to any of the things you're saying yeah. right now, clearly. But, but I again, would never I also, but you have like to look that. at the humanity, Mike, and you have to realize that I knew I was making a mistake the first time I got married, but I was too chicken to not get married. I was like, here I am. And I, and the day before I was like, I don't think I should do this. And then something else happened and, uh, you know, dominoes fell. And I went, boy, if I end this right now, oh, everybody's going to be upset about everything. If I wait six months, uh, I don't know. And I mean, I waited six months after my first marriage to go, I've made a huge mistake and I've hurt you and I'm very sorry. And all I can do is own up and say, I need to move out because this is all wrong. And if you never forgive me, I fully understand it because I hurt you. I mean, those are the words to my first ex-husband. I was like, I'm the bad guy here, you know? Um, and I, I tried to do the right thing as soon as I had the strength to do it. Yeah. You know, but I didn't, I didn't continue to deceive him. And, and again, I was in an open relationship, you know, where with my second husband, I wasn't. You know, and, can, and I'm I not saying assume... this to make myself look better. I, I'm not proud of any of it. No, I can, it's I a hilarious assume... story, but you know, your first husband is one of the guys that you will pay his rent for a year. Is that the, is that when you win the bar? Well, it's funny. I thought he was dead, but he's <laughs> not dead. And, and I will tell you that, um, you know, if I thought that he wouldn't be damaged by hearing from me, because I mean, I, did I ever tell you the time that his next wife called me? <laughs> no no what dude me things are messy enough without that happening but no you'd never told me that please go ahead his and again i you know this is in the book i'm writing and i'm trying to figure out how to write it without making everybody feel terrible but it's hilarious i got an email to the radio show and my ex forwarded it to me and goes what am i supposed to do with this and they're like hi i'm trying to reach so and so uh i am married to her former husband and i have some questions and i'm like i have nothing to say to this woman right yeah but no i i wrote her back from a generic email and i said uh if you give me a phone number i will call you and i will give you any information i possibly can to help you 
Yeah. I don't know what you need. And so she gave me a phone number and a time and I did call her block because I don't want her to have my cell phone number. And basically she, she's like, did you know what your husband was like? And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. She goes, do you know that he still carries your photo around in his wallet while he's married to me? And I just went, that's horrible because I, I have in my marriage, he is not allowed to, or in my divorce, he's not allowed to own a photo of me. Um, because he did something really bad with private photos of me. And in my divorce, he is not allowed to own a photo of me or he's in contempt of court. And she's like, oh, no, he's got naked photos of you still. And I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I go, so what can I do for you? Thanks for making my day better. <laughs> you know, because I have to decide now if I have to go back to court to to sue him. You know? Yeah. And she basically was like, did you know that there was a dungeon in the basement at one point? And I'm like, yeah, I helped build part of it. Yeah, I, I knew that. Did you not know that? And she's like, no. And I'm like, so you married a man that you didn't know. Th- I, I don't know how to help you. And she's like, well, d- and just like dumped her entire marriage on me. And I'm like, this sounds terrible. Are you moving out? I'm like, yeah. I don't know what you want from me. Will you be sleeping in the dungeon from now on? Because well, she's like, he's still obsessed with you. For his birthday, I I probably shouldn't even be telling this, but I don't care. She goes, for his birthday, I blew up one of the photos at Kinko's and presented it to him wrapped as a gift. And I'm like, well, that seems really traumatic for you, him, and me. Thank you. And the Kinko's guy. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, I feel bad for the Kinko's guy. I'm like, was it a good photo at least? I mean, I'm just like, what what the fuck am I supposed to do with this information? I'm like, I don't know what to do for you, ma'am, other than tell you that you should probably be getting a lawyer and you should probably be, I don't know, seeing a therapist for you and your daughter. But I mean, why are you bringing me into this? (laughs) Oh, no, daughter. See, now you just made the story more sad and worse. I don't remember all the details, but she said she had a daughter that was like 17 or something. And she's finding out all of these things about him. And I'm like, if you moved into his house and didn't know that he was into fetish things, um, you didn't look. (laughs) I'm like, I don't Uh, know what to tell you. How's the daughter like the dungeon? What does she feel about it? Again, I don't (laughs) think the dungeon was still there. I don't know. You know, you know, and all I could say was, hey, I have a question. How are the dogs? And she's like, oh, they're both dead. And I was like, oh, well, that really makes me very sad. But thanks for delivering it that way. Yeah. Well, and so I, I mean, I got to the end of the call and I'm like, I don't know what to do for you. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry that life is terrible for you. I. But, you know, when people are out of their mind, they don't they don't think they well, she yeah. thought talking to you is going to make up. And look, I guarantee you halfway through the conversation with you she went this was a terrible idea like she knew i don't think she did because she was was like can i talk to you again and i'm like i i have nothing else to tell you i can tell you that i hurt him and maybe that carried over into your relationship but you know one woman to another um you have to be responsible for the rest of your life you know that's all i can tell you you know do i think he is a terrible person Absolutely not. Do I think he is a flawed human being like we all are? Absolutely. Um, And I'm sorry if I hurt him and then he hurt you partially because of that. That makes me feel terrible. But I can't I can't fix any of this. Move out. Well, all right. It sounds like you want my advice. (laughs) Well, this was this was. 12 years ago. Clearly what you need is to give me this guy's contact information so I can get these photos from him and figure out if they're anything bad or good. So do you want to hear the worst part of this divorce that I had with him? Sure. Okay. 
he was required to destroy or return all photos of me, including everything. So one day I got in the mail a large overnight box filled with videos and pictures and it it was traumatizing to get well, that in the mail i'm just speculating here were were some of those videos and photos of your large overnight box yes they were all right yes they were and the note said this is everything i could find some of them got lost and i went i don't even know what that means because when we were together his laptop was stolen and I know for a fact that there are naked photos of me on the internet. Where would those be? Uh, I, I don't know, but I had someone send one to me at one point and I went, well, that is really a violation. Well, what part of that is the violation, the person sending it to you or the fact that it's out there on the internet? All of it, the, right? Fact much that, all of it, the, the fact bundle? that consensual photos I took with someone ended up on the web. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. That is a violation. I mean, I've put many out there. You can find naked photos of me with my name if you look for them because they're there um, because they're art photos that were taken for different things. And and again, I have no problem with a consensual photo that I've agreed to be out there, be out there. But to know that someone took that laptop, ripped a bunch of photos and put them up somewhere is, is a violation. That's a violation. Such a weird instinct to like, like, and this will sound weird. So bear with me. Mm-hmm. I I understand if he posted them of posted the photos of you in a in a fit of peak if he was angry, sad. I don't understand that at all. I no, you're let, let me finish. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm saying I understand that more than a stranger finding a laptop with naked pictures and posting them on the internet. That that because they have no there's no reason you're not mon- you're not monetizing them, whatever the like if he did it. It would be an emotional response. It's a terrible, awful thing. I'm not advocating for it. I'm not endorsing it. I'm not yeah. saying what he did would be right, but it would make sense, more sense to me if a spurned lover, if someone who was you know, destroyed yes. said, fuck this for revenge, and they put out a bunch of revenge porn, than it would for me, a stranger who stole a laptop and went, oh, there's some naked photos here. I got to post these on the internet. It just, it just seems like not worth the bother. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Well, it becomes content in paid sites. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a whole genre of photos of women that don't know they're being upskirts and stuff like that. And it is all about the violation. Really? I, I've never heard of this. Please yeah. speak more about so, it slowly. So again, I mean, you know, it, It was very weird and a very strange experience to go through. And I think we would have had a much better divorce had that not happened. But but he hated me for leaving him for someone else. I mean, he did because that's sure. how he felt it. Even though I was like, as I said to him, I, I shouldn't have married you and I'm not leaving you for this guy. I'm I'm leaving you because I shouldn't have married you. And that was my mistake. No. He, and, and here's what he heard. Yeah. All I heard at that point, you're Charlie Brown's mom and he doesn't hear a fucking thing. You're just gone. Yeah. And, and again, really I didn't know what would end up happening with my now ex-husband either, because I was like, I don't want to pack up and move cross country again for some guy. But I ended up doing it and raising his kids when he had them. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's it. Life is weird and complicated and everybody is a monster in somebody else's story. Life is is weird and complicated. And one moment you're with a guy and you're raising his kids. And the next moment you're with a guy and building his dungeon. (laughs) 
almost it was reverse order but yeah yeah it could be anything it could you know it's this is why we have a life this is why i don't use the cloud by the way i'll go ahead and throw that out there for yeah because everybody. you don't want your photos yeah you're goddamn right i don't I've either never, i've never used the fucking cloud on my I, phone i don't either because honestly if my phone were stolen tomorrow um there's a lot of photos on there yeah i that are, have uh but again, you know, and I know that everybody that's on OnlyFans or Patreon, it can all be found over at certain websites because one guy pays the $50, downloads it all, and then uploads it for everybody else because they think they're liberating the music like Napster did. You know what? You're absolutely right. And now, and that, so now that makes me understand more about the guy I said, the anonymous guy who steals the laptop and uploads the stuff. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think I'm out of, the lot of line saying literally every day I will see somebody's OnlyFans photos yeah. somewhere. You know what I mean? And, that, and you're not, not even looking for them. No, no, I I'm mean, saying if that's... I do a search right now for myself, I know there are two photos that are topless that will come up. Yeah. And I know there's a video I did for somebody when I was doing Naughty Claws that's public now. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just shitty because that was content made specifically for you. And right. and okay, but if it makes you feel happy to violate me, yay. But Good again, also you. with the cloud, who knows? I mean, stuff could be ganked and they, and people yeah. have no idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, that's why I'm not joking. The second I update any of the, uh, the iOS's, the first thing I do is I go into photos and make sure the cloud is off. Cause they, yeah. cause they always say we're improving the cloud with this update that oh, I can't wait the cloud. Do you want to put your photos in the cloud? No, I don't. Absolutely yeah. not. It's bad I, enough. I that... also sync my phone through a different program so it doesn't go into photos. I use image capture and I pull all of the photos in and then I delete anything and I pull everything that's nude and put it on an external. The new, you know what, the new iTunes update or iPhone update uh, went through all of my photos and said, hey, we'll combine all your duplicates if you want. <gasps> I was like, fuck yes. It was awesome. I was thrilled because uh, I had a hundred duplicates like or whatever the fuck it was and just and you got to click it a bunch but it didn't fuck I was thrilled believe me I don't want to go through my fucking photos and I got 6,000 photos on my phone it's ridiculous do you know how many I have for Monday Night Tees I don't I have close to 2 million photos Jesus because I've Christ. had so many different photographers that have just dumped all their shit on me and I'm just like I can't the Hollywood Burlesque Festival I had close to 300,000 I think and 299,994 of those are of Richard Simmons. Actually, no. I wish I had more of him. And David Arquette, when he came, I wish I had more of him because Did he, both he those gone? legends he, are gone. He's no longer with us, right? Yeah, Richard no, Simmons David, is gone. David Ar no, Richard and David are both alive. Who was the second? David Arquette? David Arquette, yeah. Both yeah he's totally, I just played a video game that he's in, like his yeah. whole... He's hilarious. He's playing a character, but he yeah. they totally... I mean, it looks exactly like him and it's his voice. He's, he voiced it. Um, so I knew Speaking of which, if you want to see naked photos of me, um, I do a lot of topless photos on my Patreon, which is votelily.com. There you I'll go. Send that out. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not ashamed of that, but I do monetize my content. So. Yeah, of course. Um, and I'm, I'm not a billionaire selling you other people's naked content either. I'm simply just selling mine. I'm just a, I'm just a. What, what what is it that we used to do on artesian what was it handmade artisan artisan what was the joke on? oh no that was actually back from the other show i was gonna say I lightly crafted by our yeah hand, ah. handmade by our old world artisans that's what it was well i well, bought I, I didn't mean to change the whole topic on everything no, ranting about billionaires but i mean they can all pound salt as far as i'm concerned well, i hate sure. giving any of them money every yeah. time i buy from amazon i'm just like great another rich guy is going to go to space 
Well, as as I've said many times, I, Amazon, I know the driver's pissing bottles, and I know it's a terrible place to work, and people are fainting on the line, but God damn it, sometimes you need a spatula tomorrow. That's my, it. My mail showed up last night at 8.30. Really? The mailman was so frazzled, and I just looked at him, and I go, are you okay? And he's like, it's been a long day. And I'm like, do you want some water? And he's like, God, that would be nice. And I walked to the fridge and got him a cold water and handed it to him. And I go, do you want some candy or a sandwich? I mean, yeah, right. So, and he's or like, a, he a goes, I, I would love some M&Ms. And I'm like, great. Take some and put them in the thing. And he's just like, thanks. And I just, I felt so bad for him. I tip, yeah. I, I, I do that for our regular mailman. I do it for UPS. I do it for the Amazon drivers. It, it sucks. It's a terrible job. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. Uh, I bought Powerball tickets and uh, there was a drawing yesterday. Yeah. And so I sat down and I looked and uh, <laughs> I, when I buy my Powerball tickets, I have one, you know, I, I have one that I select the numbers myself mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll do quick picks on a few. So I bought, I bought $10 worth, I think. And, uh, what, but I make them do the quick picks one at a time because I've found that if I get quick picks all on one ticket, I'll get multiple Powerballs that are that the match. same number, yeah. And it, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. So if there's a way I could just do quick pick, but pick my own Powerball, I would fucking love it, but I can't. So uh, they handed me the thing, and I had I had three different that had the same Powerball. And I'm like, God damn it, man. It's random. But that was the Powerball. Oh, you had 13? Yeah. So, so I sat down, and I looked, and I was like, I'm going, oh, man. So And I, I wound up having two that just matched the Powerball and then two numbers and the Powerball. And then my other one had three numbers, but no Powerball. So and you like, made like 20 bucks. It was 34. I think 34. Oh, excellent. 34 bucks. And I was like, this is great. I'm like, I'm like, got, I'm like, yay. I'm doing all the matching. And, uh, and then I realized I bought my tickets on Friday. These are, uh, these are for Saturday's drawing. Instead of Mondays, instead of last nights, oh. so so I I, I didn't even get the thirty four bucks. Like and then it made me think to myself, holy fuck, what if I had won? What if I had like literally was like I, I had somehow and I was like, holy, I'd go out of my mind. And it was from fucking two days ago. I you you have to just kill yourself at that point, right? If you think you won five hundred million dollars and then he turned out to won nothing, Jesus Christ, would that be awful? Uh, but yeah, I said, I, I, you know, I'm looking through, I'm like, Oh, here we go. And no, Oh my God. I won 35 bucks. Yeah. No, sir. This oh is Friday. God. You fucking nobody, which is That's... bad. But then I saw the story about, you see the story about the $38 million ticket in San Diego that went unclaimed. No, that's really it's, sad. It's been, it's been a year. Like, cause again, yeah. you have a year and they, it just last week, they were like, you got a week. They put it in all, it was on all the papers on the front yeah. page. They tried. And, uh, yeah, I can't even imagine, dude, what the fuck would you do? But I guess you don't know, so yeah, ignorance is bliss kind of deal. But man, oh man, is that brutal? I had a when I used to do nails when I owned a day spa. I had a client that would come in every week and go, "Look, I won the lottery," and he would show me all the numbers from the lottery. He would literally spend the dollar to buy the ticket for the next lottery with last night's winning numbers on it, just to go, "Look, I won!" <laughs> and he would do it almost every week, and I just was like, you know. "So he did it for the bit." $52 oh, no. a year just to try to make people laugh. And I'm like, after about the fourth week of doing this, 
no one believes you and they right, hate sure. you is what I wanted to say. <laughs> well, I guess that's cheaper than buying, having a pocket full of hard candy all the time and giving people oh, orders. Like originals a pocket or full of hard candy. Oh, don't blame me. I love that is too. also one of my favorite subgenres of porn. <laughs> pocket full of hard candy. I, I don't understand why the uh, Werther's original <laughs> became the go-to hard candy when, I mean, if you just get, look, if you give somebody butterscotches or Werther's original, <gasps> everybody's like, uh, no, I, you know, you get them once and you're like, okay. But then after that, no. But if you had Jolly Ranchers you gave people, you'd be a king. It's like when Eddie gave out the Zots. Like, I mean, you're just like a fucking champion. So if yeah. you're giving out Jolly Ranchers with all the different flavors and stuff like that, people love you at that point. But if you give out Werther's Originals, now you're just a, a broken hip. Dude, I happen. love Werther's Originals. Fuck yeah. off. You know what? I people, like Werther's, Werther's Unoriginals. <laughs> people always put up the thing about the worst candy for Halloween. You know, nobody likes a Mary Jane. Nobody likes a Tootsie Roll. Nobody likes a candy corn. Nobody likes a... And I'm literally like, I want all of those. But, with the exception of one, yes. Because <laughs> I saw a chart, too, where they were like, here's what people think of you if you put out this kind of candy. And one of them was the, you know, the peanut butter kisses in the black and orange wrappers. And they don't make them anymore. And I would eat crazy. them. For, I would eat them every day. I love those because they had the peanut butter in the middle with the taffy around it. God damn. And Tootsie Rolls are fucking delicious. I don't know who you think you are. Yeah. Uh, that Those are fucking amazing. Now, look, I candy corn. Forget it. That's just death. You're wrong. But, uh, no, no, no. Thank you. Not at all. They even put out like I because I'll eat weird shit. Like they'll, they'll go, hey, man, we got tailgating flavored jelly beans or whatever the fuck. And it's like, Ooh, Thanksgiving jelly beans. It tastes like gravy. I'll, I'm in, I'll try it. But they had some kind of fucking special candy corn. And I was like, I can't just this, the texture of candy corn, just the whole, the whole aura of it is fucking grim. Although I did see a guy and this, I, I thought of you, this dude, I watch a guy on Instagram who he cooks bad things. He'll cook <laughs> things like that are, Oh, sometimes he'll cook stuff. You're like, Oh, that looks okay. But most of the time he's just doing weird shit. And he melted a bunch of candy corn in a pan and then he threw popcorn in it and then he put the lid on and it popped and it, it coated the popcorn with candy corn flavor. And so it was, it was candy corn popcorn he made. And I was like, Holy fuck. Like I wouldn't even think about doing it because candy corn to me is disgusting, but to me, that's like, I used to love popcorn balls and people think I'm crazy about that, but you'd mix the caro syrup and the sugar and the, you know, and you'd, you would put your popcorn in it and mix it together and it would be a candy coated popcorn. Loved them. What'd you, give away, what'd you give away for Halloween yesterday? Well, um, like an idiot, uh, we had 100 or 150 people last year. It picked back up finally. Sure. And so I was like, I better get a lot. So I bought a bag of mixed chocolates, which were like $1,000 bars, Kit Kats, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Snickers, Milky Way. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got something the else. You got the $1,000 bars? Isn't that what spring, it is? Didn't spring for the $100,000 bar? It's $100,000 bar, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, I don't remember. You got the knockoff. I just remember thousand is on there. <laughs> okay. Um I got the 20 cent candy bar. Good for you. Um, so it was that mix. And then I went and I also bought a mix that had um oh gosh, like uh my mind is blank right now, but it has all of the it has all of the not the taffies, but it's all the hard candies that are Skittles and um oh yeah sour chews harbo all that kind of sour chews that yeah, yeah. and then night before i go up to albertson's and they've got a big bag that had lemon heads in there and twizzlers and i went man i haven't had lemon heads or twizzlers in a long time oh and there's an hour laters too and okay. so i grabbed a bag of that and then um we didn't have a lot of trick-or-treaters last night so i had like a half of each one of those bags left <laughs> 
So there's a lot of candy left over in my house. But look, luckily that mailman's going to come by every day and be like, I'm so sad. Do you have anything for me? It's it's funny you should say that. But we often keep potato chips and things like that at the front door to thank them when they come, you know. Um. Well, that's good. And, and you should have leftovers. That's that's fine. I you know, I don't get trick or treaters at my house. Yeah. Because uh, I live in an apartment complex. So you only buy two bags then, right? <laughs> that's a bag joke. <laughs> well, yes, I know every every year I would buy just buy the case. ones. Yeah, I'd buy Almond Joy or some peanut butter, Snickers, whatever, the, the, the good stuff. Yeah. Because I know I'm probably going to wind up eating it. So I'm like, all right. Almond Joys were in there too, now that you mentioned uh, that. Yeah. God, I'm, you know, I love an Almond Joy. And I saw somebody yesterday who was like, it's the worst Halloween candy. I'm like, you're insane. And he had his three were candy corn, mounds, and Almond Joy. I'm like, well, clearly you just don't like coconut, you jerk. Um, But I, so this year, again, like He's I said, wrong. I live in an apartment He's complex. Wrong. We never get any trick-or-treaters, but I always buy candy just in case because you don't want to be a fucking idiot, right? Um, and then this year I went, well, fuck that. Why am I buying candy every year? Cause also I had the thing where November 1st, I mean, that's it. It's the game changer. I'm going to I always have these arbitrary deadlines where it's like now, oh, now we get our life in order. So I figured November 1st would be the time to do it. And I didn't want anything left over. So fuck it. So, uh, and yesterday I, so usually I just fucking, I close, like I said, I closed the drapes anyway. And so, yeah, but yesterday I had nothing going on. I, yesterday was a terrible day. I just, I did, I literally, I just, I did nothing. I was in, I was still in my fucking boxer briefs at five thirty when Monday night football started. I'm like, what is wow. going on, man? Take a shower. Um, so I did, I took a shower. I got dressed and I'm watching the football game and, uh, seven 30 last night. So knock <gasps> on my door. No. And I'm like, no, come on. And, uh, and I can't peek out my blinds because you'll see that I'm peeking you'll, out my yeah. blinds. Like, you know, and I'm like, well, just be quiet. I'm like, well, no, it can't be. Nah, there's no kid. I figure it's going to be, it's my manager or whatever. So I got up and as I approached, they trick or treat. It's a fucking, there's a kid at my door. And it sounded like a kid kid. So I wasn't sure because it wasn't sometimes if a grown up kid, whatever the fuck, because there is a kid who lives in the apartment complex here, Yeah, but he never trick or treated. He's the kid of the manager's. But this kid sounded young, and I'm like, oh, yeah. So it, I open the door, and it's a kid and his mom. And I don't, I don't know Where how they, they I don't know how they got in. How they <laughs> scaled the wall. Like, I mean, because, again, we have, a, we have a lock on the door. You got a buzz to get in, all this kind of oh. shit. And I hadn't heard them knock anywhere else, because normally you would hear a little consternation outside. But they, this, this kid knocks on my door and I, and I've got a, a screen door that's metal and it's locked. Yeah. And I go, Hey, cause I don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> and also I don't, I don't have anything for this fucking kid. And I look and he's, he's Harry Potter. I think. Cause he had, he's got a lightning bolt on his forehead. Oh yeah. It's, it's not orange. So it's not Aladdin sane era, David Bowie. So I realized that obviously <laughs> clearly, it has to be uh, a Harry Potter because he's got a cape and a, and the fucking lightning bolt. And that could be fucking anybody. <laughs> and mom is like, hi. And I'm like, hi, I don't. And, and when I was a kid, there was nothing worse than going to somebody's house. And they'd be like, we're out or sorry. Yeah. Or, and also, like I just said, no one should ever be sad. No one should mm -hmm. ever be. It's and he's wearing his little suit. He had to be, he was probably seven. 
You know what I mean? And he's he just he's like, trick or treat when I opened the door and, I, and he said it through the closed door, first of all. Then I opened it up, he says it again, and the mom's like, hi. And I go, hey, you know, we don't, man, we never get anybody here. She goes, I know, but, uh, you know, I, I know the person in one and they said I could come around. And I go, okay, because new people move in all the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. I go, all right, um, uh, give me a second. So I realize, I go, you know what? I have, I have two candy bars. Aww. Uh, the, the Hershey's giant ones, the, yeah. the license plate of chocolate. But they're mine. <laughs> Stop. And again, it's my last night to have these candy bars because November 1st, we're starting over, baby. So I have fetishized these candy bars. They have been, been, I've had them all weekend. I can't wait to eat them Monday night as the final farewell to, to uh, indulgence and, and abuse of my own body. So I, I literally looked at them. They were on the table and I was like, those are mine. And then I looked at Harry Potter and his little, with his little fucking wand and he's waving it around. He's got a little cape on and the mom's like, okay, no problem. We'll wait. And I looked at the candy bars and I went, those are mine. So, uh, I went into the kitchen to see what else I had. And I looked and I, and in my brain, I don't have like a lot of stuff like for, for that, but I got a lot of stuff in my kitchen. You are so muted. I haven't heard of one thing the whole time since I've been talking. Um, so I go into the kitchen and I, I look at my countertop and I've got a huge bowl <laughs> of 40 year old boy cookies. <laughs> they were given to me for Christmas last year by a, a listener named Luna and she sent them for the Christmas thing. And I, I open them and they're little, they're shaped like horn boy and they say 40 year old boy on them. And I'm like, those would be great to give to this kid. I could probably give him the whole bowl. And then I went, these have been here since <laughs> fucking December. What did this kid get salmonella? My name is right on the fucking cookie. I can't fucking have that happen. So then I pivot and I look, I also have a bowl of fortune cookies that I used to give out on Twitch. I would open them up and someone new subscribe came on. I would open them and read them their, their fortune. Anybody who subscribed or followed, I would read in their fortune. And I would randomly pull them out. So I was like, I could give them fortune cookies. And I'm like, these have been here longer than the 40 year old boy cookies. <laughs> and then I looked and one of them was like kind of green hued. And I'm like, I don't want to give this kid moldy fortune cookies. And also what if I give him a fortune and it says something like, Oh, you will die tonight or something, you know, some nonsense. And I'm fucking responsible for this kid being haunted fucking forever. Fuck that man. It was, it was terrible. So then I look and I had a stack. I have three, hot chocolate bombs you know that you put in uh, yeah. milk okay also christmas gifts from last year <laughs> that have been sitting on my countertop that i didn't use because <laughs> i don't know how to use them i literally i think you boil milk and then drop it in there and it turns into hot chocolate i don't fucking know i don't yeah. know yeah I, but that's why it's, it's i'm paralyzed by it i just see it on the countertop and i never have milk anyway but I'm like, well, at least it's fucking chocolate. <laughs> at least it's chocolate. I can give it. So I pick it. I pick it up and I grab it and I pick it up and it crumbles like <laughs> one of the towers on 9-11. It, compl- it just completely, because I, I shook it, like grabbed it real fast and it just, it just turns into a pile of chocolate rubble. 
like, oh, fuck, I can't give this to the kid now. So I'm, you know who I am? I'm fucking Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> when he goes from fucking like, you know, nunchucks to baseball bat to fucking chainsaw to katana sword. Trying to find, I'm looking for a katana sword. I'm looking for this kid's katana sword. I go fucking, you know, the, the chocolate's mine. Those are mine. <laughs> Forty-year-old boy cookies, the fortune cookies, the fucking chocolate bombs. I got nothing for this kid. I got nothing. And I turn around and I look on top of my fridge. I gave this kid an entire box of fruit brute cereal. You are so muted. Literally, no laughing, no anything. This entire story. You did Just, you not know. do that. It's all I had. I had I had a fucking I Franken- had a chocolate bar, sir. You know what else? It, what's even better to me, I think, is that I I gave him the one I didn't like, like literally because I bought the mo- I want the monster cereals because they just came out or whatever. I'm like, oh, Frankenberry, Booberry, those are old classics. Fruit Brute is one you don't you don't really see very often. It became mo- yummy, mummy first of all. But then I saw Fruit Brute and I'm like, I'm giving this kid this fucking that's I got this. It's and it unopened. So I, oh my so, god, I, that is hilarious. So I grab the fucking box of Fruit Brute cereal. I go to the front door, and I open the door and I lean out and, and the mom just goes, no, you know what? That's, that's okay. You, you really don't have to. And I go, no, honestly, I looked and this is, this is, and, uh, and I looked and the kid is just like wide eyed staring at it. Like I'm giving him a million dollars. He could, he could not have been happier. He could not have been more alive in that moment. If I had granted him the power to fly. Oh man! Because it's a giant <laughs> box. I mean, it's fucking huge. It's it's just it's a monster <laughs> on it. It's sugar. I mean, how could you not fucking want it? And then I realize <laughs> the fucking the 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 kid is carrying. The mom doesn't want it because the kid. He I go tricky. He go here. You go. He puts his little pumpkin fucking forward. He's got one of those little baby pumpkins yeah. like with a strap. And I just like I just I just put the corner of it in the fucking pumpkin. And he's just like, he's like, ah, he's so happy and wide-eyed. And I realized she doesn't want it because now she's got to fucking carry it all over the goddamn neighborhood. And she's like, that's fine. You really don't. I go, no, no. And he goes, ma, no, ma, yeah. Oh, and, and I just fucking, so I hand it right to her. <laughs> fucking takes it. She's like, thanks. Thanks. And I go, happy Halloween. I just fucking walked inside. I was all happy, closed the door, and he skipped away, and she's just fucking hanging her head like, God damn it, I got to carry this shit all over the fucking place. It was beautiful. So you had a good Halloween. I had, I had, certainly I had a good seven minutes of Halloween. I love them waiting for me, too. I told them, I go, wait, I'll be right back. And I'm in the kitchen. You hear me rummaging through the countertop. Like, what the fuck are they even thinking? She could have she could have said, you know, let's she probably was even telling him Lincoln go. It's OK. And he was just like, no, I, I got now I got to see what the fuck this guy brings out. <laughs> oh, I gave the kid a whole box of fucking fruit brute it was glorious. Uh, all right. I have kept you a long time today. I think. OK, but I have one more question. OK. All right. Uh, how did those chocolate bars taste when you ate them? Unbelievable. They tasted like children's tears, and I was thrilled. But now it's November 1st, so we're on to the fucking future. Everything's going to change. And if that kid comes by today, I'll give him, I don't know, I'll give him whatever. The, I think I've got some soy sauce packets, but it'll be fun. <laughs> but the one year I don't wow. buy anything. The one year I don't buy any candy. 
And I, I literally, I saw the candy was on my table. I was like, but that's mine. Like in my head, this little guy voice, but that's mine. I had plans for that. I can't fucking give that away. And the best part is I could have given it. I, I would have, because also I, there were none left at two other Ralphs I went to. So I would have had to go into a far Ralphs to get more. So I was like, I can't, no, this is mine. Fuck that. And he was happy anyway. He got his fucking fruit brood. He's thrilled. The mom's the one who's not so happy about it. You know, that kid that's all he wanted in the morning. He's like, oh, my God, fruit brood. I love I want him to go home. And the dad is just like, what the fuck? God, awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. So you literally were muted through the entire story. But I'm oh, I, can I was hear laughing you. hilariously. Well, I don't need that validation. I'm just saying, I don't I know. We thought we had this all fixed and who knows what happened. <laughs> Uh, all right. I will. I, you've been here a long time today with yeah, helping with technical stuff. It's all good. Stuff. Oh, all right. So I make, thank it's you. It's all helping. good. Your mic sounds great. Your oh, chords boy. are good. The, sure. the show's going to be amazing. And I'm, I'm happy to see you again. Well, good to see you too. <laughs> and, uh, you're nice to help me. I do appreciate it. And I love you. And, uh, love maybe you if you're around next week, we can do this again. I think that's possible. That would be great. All right, I don't you. think I have anything planned. <laughs> well, don't you have a dungeon to build? No.